out of the park baseball is already the best baseball simulator out there and it's gotten even better with the release of their new perfect team mode perfect team is their foray into the ultimate team card collecting modes that have revolutionized the online experience for sports games if you already have ootp 19 then you have perfect team just go to the home page and click perfect team on the right hand side and you'll begin with your six starter packs to build the team. And from there, you can choose to open more packs or dive into the robust auction house and use perfect points to craft the team that you want. The depth of players is truly amazing with a card for every player present on an MLB roster, as well as legendary throwbacks like Babe Ruth, Walter Johnson, Cy Young, like Daryl Strawberry, Larry Walker, Manny Ramirez, all the way down to novelty players like Bob Euchre and Snuffy Sternweiss. That's right. I said Snuffy Sternweiss. That's a real player. Once you have your team, you build your lineups, you build your rotation, you pick the strategy that you want. You want to run a small ball team. You want to be a full sabermetrician. You want to be somewhere in between. You want to run an unorthodox. You can choose you know, how often that you're stealing, how often you're using shifts, the slowness or quickness of the hook for pitchers and relievers. A lot of detail there that you can set for the team and how it will run during the simulations. Uh, and once you set all that, you submit your team and the game simulates outcomes every 30 minutes from 9 a.m. to midnight central. Seasons run from Monday to Sunday with every day of the week covering a month and then Sundays covering the playoffs. Will you make the playoffs and be promoted to the next level or finish with one of the worst records in the league and possibly face relegation down to a previous level? Download the game for just $20 at ootpdevelopments.com and use code SLEEPER19 for a 10% discount at checkout. That's ootpdevelopments.com. of the sleeper in the bust it is tuesday february 12th i'm your host paul spore and i'm joined by justin mason justin how's it going it's good i, I wish more people would sign up for my beat justin mason league let's, let's... oh you need oh we, we got to promote that then. yeah yeah like beat justin mason like 1 p.m eastern standard time on march 2nd on nfbc online championship beat justin mason league if you Saturday. if you win that league, I will not not only will you win a bunch of money because I think you win like fourteen hundred bucks. Uh, I'll throw in a free Justin Mason T-shirt. Boom! And there are lots available, including the a latest. brand new one. Yeah, the glob. The glob. I don't know how you're the I'm glob. the picture of the glob, but you're the glob. Uh, apparently, I didn't know that. All this time I was talking about the picture glob. It was you. Even when I'm the not around, time. all you do is talk about me. Correct. Correct. Uh, another brilliant RotoWire. Uh, item is available. Rotoware. Rotoware, excuse me. Rotoware, uh, I'm sure, makes great t shirts. They, they may well do so. In fact, it was funny because I was looking at DVR's name because he was the one who asked about a glob t shirt. And so that's why I said Rotoware. But yeah, the brilliant Rotoware shirt. Speaking of, I'll be talking with them about maybe getting a little, little Charlotte t shirt cooking. Mm. A, little, a little drawing of, of the old pup. And uh, so yeah, stay, stay tuned for that. And, uh, I don't know. Maybe we well, can expand. What would, it, what, it, what would it say on there? Like you can't spell eagle without beagle. 
Um, well, she's she's a wiener dog. Oh. Curtis was a beagle. Oh, that's right. So well, I, I, I don't know. Um, you want to pet my wiener or something? Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, I don't my, even know if my it has wiener that. wins championships. I think the the expanded version, if the first one does well, is maybe like a miniature you riding her. Ooh. Something like that. I can I can envision That's our Honestly, new sleeper in the bus T-shirt. Me <laughs> riding Charlotte. I could see him <laughs> just doing it on his own. Mm-hmm. Kenneth, I could see him just creating that one. I mean, I just gave him the idea, but I could see that just he'll have hey, like you know, six new T-shirts ready before we even post this. Exactly. Exactly. It's like yo, know, the Charlotte T-shirts are doing well. I decided to bridge the two, and here's uh, here's Justin riding Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what. Today's not only Labor Day, the better Labor Day, sorry, actual holiday. Uh, this, this is a better holiday, Labor Day. Pitchers and catchers have reported the, the pop of the glove is, I mean, oh, what a glorious, glorious sound it is. Pitchers and catchers reporting all over Arizona and Florida. And like I said, it is Labor Day, which is the League of Alternative Baseball Reality one of the oldest, arguably, I think it's the oldest it industry is. fantasy draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's going off tonight, the mixed draft, with Jason and I picking at the wheel, 15, and doing so together. He's here in town, and so he's going to be at my place later this evening. And I don't, he asked if we were going to Twitch. The only problem is, then people can, like, figure out our picks. We've, yeah. we've had a bit of a disadvantage and, to and like you got some things. sneaky people in that league. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, if someone did that, yeah. yeah, I'd be there. Yeah. I'd be absolutely there watching them to see what the, you know. I'm not. I'm not gonna front. I, so, I, I've done that the last couple of years in CBS AL only, where I do a Facebook Live, and I know that people are jumping in that from that league while I'm like live auctioning. It's an advantage. Talking. Come on now. Yeah. I'm you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in there and see if one of my competitors is saying what he's gonna do and all that. But let's I'm be gonna honest, be... they need that advantage because none of them are a two thousand eighteen award winning podcast recipients. True. It's absolutely true. And so uh, I think we'll just do our normal recording uh, of the of the podcast, quote unquote. It, it'll be live as we're recording it, and then you'll hear it after the fact. I think that that's still gonna be the way to go. Uh, the beauty will be is that when they call you know, they call the talk, we can get on speaker, and the both of us will be there. Oh. So, um, you know, I'm very excited for that. Justin or Jason actually happened to be in town. The fact that you guys both have J names is really fr- – with an yeah, N at the end. Yeah, no, really everybody calls me Jason me. now too. It's, uh, it's something I do it I'm all the used time. to a little bit because I have a twin brother named Josh. Uh, so <laughs> so you've, been, you've been getting called the wrong J name for a while. Yeah, so it, it's not something that necessarily bothers me, but no, it's it, it happens. I'm bummed I won't be on with you guys to record this that podcast. That would have been great. Because school, last though, year right? was, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, my senior seminar is tonight, and so I have to learn about the fall of Rome. Probably, yeah, probably got to get that done because um, it is a lot of fun. We've been doing that now. I think this is the fourth year perhaps third or fourth year that we're gonna be recording during the the draft talking through things so you can kind of hear how we go through our process and i think just jason mentioned this yeah, i just freaking did it again <laughs> um i think he mentioned this on another pod that he was on or or like a radio appearance or something about how our paths have diverged a little bit on player values like we're, we're, we're starting to branch off a little bit we still agree on a lot of different things and particularly the the foundation of how we analyze players but but actual individual player opinions we've really started to diverge 
on certain guys. So it's going to create an interesting dynamic. And so I'm eager to see how we how we do tonight. We're on the wheel. So having those two picks close together, we could probably just do a situation of like, okay, you pick this one, I'll pick the next one. For those <laughs> of you who are uh, pitcher listians, is that is that how we say yes. it? Pitcher listians, hundred yes. um, percent. And don't like swearing. That may not be the best episode to Correct. tune into because uh, swearing happens when Paul gets sniped. Correct. And I'm probably not going to edit it. No, no. We'll, I, we'll put a little disclaimer on there if you listen in front of children. Also, don't you know, complain we, like when like you they eat or something like that on the pod because it's like a four oh, hour yeah. podcast. Yeah, that's that's like we're gonna be ordering some dinner. I mean, that's gonna be that's a different. I'm type assuming of you guys there. will get those burgers that Jason loves. What a burger? Yeah, that that's he'll, that's he'll almost certainly want that. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll I'll see if that's what he wants or if he wants to get something else. But it's gonna be exciting. I'm I'm very geeked to do our first industry draft, um, and then we have all sorts of stuff coming up. But you and I have got a lot to talk about today, including a b- big injury, someone piecing out, and then the rest of our first baseman, which actually still goes pretty deep. Now it won't be as rigorous. We're not gonna be diving deep on all these players, but we still have quite a few players that I thought were worthy of discussion. We're catering to our deep leaguers, okay? Don't tell us we never gave you anything. First off, none of y'all ever do because I know we cater to deep leaguers pretty well, but uh, you'll have no case to say we don't give you anything because we're talking about Christian Walker, for crying out loud. So uh, that tells you how deep we're going at first base here. But Peter let's O'Brien, start. yeah. Yeah, Peter O'Brien still getting chatter. He's like 37 years old. Well, maybe this is the year. It's not the year. Spoiler alert. Uh, but first, Francisco Lindor, we have our first big injury. And rest assured that there will be more. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk. Mm-hmm. I'm just being honest. It's going to happen. And there will be other devastating ones. Hopefully not, you know, any more as big as this because this is top end. I mean, this is top three, four, five of the draft. So if we get higher than that, you start talking about Betts and and Trout and and Jose Ramirez and all that. But um, we will have more high-impact injuries. We're starting off with a bad one, though. Seven to nine weeks for a calf strain for Francisco Lindor. Obviously, the first thing people think of is that that's going to rob some of his speed. Where are you currently? Oh, well, let's just timetable that so that seven to nine weeks. Like two weeks in April. Basically, yeah. So basically that's going to put him, and that's when he's going to be ramping up, right? Well, they said that major league baseball activities within seven to nine. So, like Ideally at the five to six weeks he's starting to mm -hmm. get ready, and then he can come play at the ninth week. Halfway through April is the nine weeks, so if we're hoping that maybe he can come back earlier, but we always be. like to kind of rule See, we him push aside. Him. Yeah. yeah, we we, we push timetables here. Uh, it's just a it's just a smarter way to go. You push the timetable, and if they come back early, great. It's bonus. But if, yeah. if you play on the on the short end of the timetable, you're going to get disappointed way too often. And I'm not even talking about necessarily the nine. I'd be thinking more 10, 11 personally, just that just mentally. That's where we go. Jason was the first one to really kind of push that and say, we got to do that um, just that, as a rule to be safe as we were running the team together. And I fully agree. And I now do it all the time. So what that, what that, uh, that moves us to is what are we doing with Francisco Lindor? Where does he now go? If you're assuming he's going to miss, Three weeks to a month into the season. What's a five-plus month Francisco Lindor go like for you? 
obviously, I think if he pushes the time, to, right, if it goes further, I'm going to plan that he is going to come back pretty much at full strength. So I'm not going to also punish the numbers that, you know, and say, okay, well, now he's not going to run. Now he's not going to do this. If I'm putting him on the shorter end of the timetable, I think then I would I would say, well, the running might not happen for a while, if at all. So where are you on Lindor right now with the timetable that you have in mind as a drafter? I've kind of gone back and forth on this because I've, I've had all those fears, like you mentioned, in terms of, well, does this mean he won't run as much? I, I tend to lean that the Indians are going to be very careful with him. And I don't think because he's so valuable defensively and he needs that calf muscle to be able to move laterally uh, and make the plays he does defensively, they're going to actually wait until he's actually healthy. So I lean that I think he'll be fine when he comes back. But I think that the timetable, I'm definitely pushing towards the back end of it. So I'm expecting him to miss at least two weeks of the season. Uh, Jeff Erickson on on his podcast, on the Rotowire pod, said uh, that he deducted like four stolen bases and a few home runs uh, from his projection, and it knocked him down to 19th overall. So from okay. third or fourth to 19th. That seems as bad as I would have thought. Fair yeah. to me. Uh, originally, I was like, I think I'm going to put him outside of my second round, outside of the top 30, and I'd kind of put him near-ish where Vlad was going to be because that'll be about the time that Vlad comes up. Exactly. And so, but Lindor has a greater upside than Vlad. He he can hit for the probably around the same amount of power, hit for average, and steal a crap ton of bases. Yep. So. I still think I would keep him in my second round. I think mid-second round seems fair. I've seen him go, shoot, in the Barf League draft. I think he I went about sixth that. or seventh. So, he still went sixth or seventh overall? Yeah. So uh, uh, Danny uh, Zarki, uh, who who took him, and he, he you know former winner of that league, the, the inaugural. Uh, he took Lindor at, at, at the seven pick? I think, yeah, I think it was six or seven. So uh-huh. okay. uh, he, he was not afraid. And I think that's going to be the deciding factor for me is I think in the majority of my leagues, there's going to be one person that says this is still a first rounder. And I may be tempted on the wheel to take him because I can pair him with someone you know. That's that my next question. You're anticipating my questions. I was going to ask about Barf, and then I was going to ask what do you think about Jason and I looking at him tonight. You know what? For for me, I would do it only because who cares who finishes second, right? Yeah. Take yeah, the player no, no with the greatest about... upside. You've you've got a guy who is a top five pick upside that will likely be there for you at fifteen sixteen. Now he so, might not even make it there. Because... He might not, but I think he will. I think people are going to be afraid of getting of 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 getting that guy who completely disappoints. And if you could pair him with who, uh, Bryce Harper, Judge or Harper, yep. Like I think I, if you're starting Lindor Harper, I'm 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 feeling pretty damn good about that. I would too. Um, all right, let's take a look at this here. Obviously, Joe's not going to take him. Tim McLeod, uh, Doctor Roto, Jake Seeley, Zach Steinhorn. I'm going in order here. Ryan Bloomfield at six. I don't think so. Scott Pianowski at seven. I don't believe so. I don't believe Jeff Erickson based on what you said. He's got no. I think once we get to nine, so we have to start looking. Joe Sheehan. I think he would be open to it. 
It's foray back into fantasy, by the way. Excited to go against him. Can't wait to uh, can't wait to do that. I think the spot you really have to. I think there's two spots uh, that you really have to kind of figure he may go and Gardner that, and Gamble. I was gonna say Gardner and Andrea Lamont. Oh yeah, I don't think Andrea will be afraid to take him. So I I think that both of them could pop. Uh, I'll be interested to see. I mean, <laughs> how worried about his injury uh, we should be will be really decided based on will Stefania Bell take a well, break if Stefania before if Stefania, no. yeah. if Stefania passes on him, maybe that's a scary side, right? Uh, yeah, but... that that is interesting. She's she's picking at fourteen. Uh, talking a bit with uh, with Dr. Mike Tanner about it, and he's going to write up more. I don't think he's he's. He's not on the uh, super scared train right now. And again, he is going to write more about it. Strain can mean a lot of things is what he said. So um, he said the, the seven to nine week timeline sounds like something a PR guy threw together with limited information. And so he wants to he wants to put together an article about him on return to play versus return to performance. So, you know, the difference between getting back on the field and getting back to being Francisco Lindor. So. It's going to be really interesting. I did a mock draft with the ITL gents, and it was one of their recorded ones, so definitely go check it out in this A lot of league. swearing in that one, too. Oh, it was a lot so of fun. So they bleep. They bleep, and I think the bleeps are pretty funny, though. Yeah. Especially like when you when you get going, or, or when I get going in this instance, you can just get a lot of bleeps, and so... Uh, oh, you yeah, were on go, with them in the mock yes, Oh, okay, you weren't yes, just in I the mock did. draft. You were doing the episode with them. Yes, and it was... Yo, that was a challenge too because it was 30 seconds mm -hmm. and you're talking through things. So that was – pace was great. It was really, really fun. But uh, Lindor went 13th first round there. So, you know, I was considering – I was like wondering, you know, is he going to make it back to me? I picked uh, 10. I was like, will he make it back to me? I didn't, I didn't consider him at 10. Um, I was hoping Trey Turner would fall. He went two picks before me. So I went ahead and went with DeGrom. Um, and I was like, you know, maybe Lindor will make it back. He didn't. He didn't even make it out of the first round. So we'll see. I think he's going to go in. It's going to be a wide range, to be honest. So it might sound like a cop-out, but I just think it's going to be pretty wide range from somewhere in that 10 to 20 range is where he's going to go. And it, it's really going to yeah, depend I, on I the think, draft. I think Rudy definitely won't take him. Okay. Uh, he's, he's Rudy his last is name's very, Gamble. Yeah, Rudy Gamble. Uh, his last name is Gamble. But – uh, as much as his last name is that, he tends to follow very, very closely to what his projections say. And if Jeff's projections drop uh, him Lindor down to pick 19, you have to assume that Rudy's projections will probably drop him about the same. So he would True. be out on point. on that. Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, I think Andrea is the wild card for me because I could definitely and Andrea don't give you know, uh, an F about what anybody thinks. She is her own person and uh, she's going to make the pick that she feels the most comfortable with. And I think she may have a hard time passing on Lindor at 11. Uh, that being said, I think there's a reasonable chance you guys could end up with Lindor. 
Yeah, I think I think so too, and it's definitely something we have to consider very strongly. Um, and I'd be very, very open to it. So we'll see how that goes tonight with Lindor and 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 drafts going. If you've done a draft since the injury, go ahead and hit us in the comments or, or tweet us at Spore at Justin Mason FWFB. I'm very interested where he went. Give us any context that's necessary as far as something that might have boosted him or lowered Lindor. But I am really interested to see. And- and where he's been going. You know, there, there are a lot of people who, who think that drafting early is stupid, and this is why. I think there's... It's just different. I don't yeah, think it's stupid. You, you get a lot of discounts on guys. Yeah. And you look um, at my Barf, my Barf League draft, and I, I got some guys where people were like, wow, I can't believe you got Fran Mel Reyes at 276 or, 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 or Domingo Santana at like 240-something. And it's, you know, they're still buried in the ADPs, and by the time we get to... Uh, March, those those deals won't be had. So you got to kind of take the trade offs, the good with the bad. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's like um, you have to you have to realize that it's just different markets. It's not a perfect market when uh, when we're drafting in March, you know. So I I, I totally agree that I don't ru- I don't clown folks who draft earlier. Well, mainly because I do it. So I guess I'd be clowning myself, but. Uh, I think that it's just it's just a different market. I'm just repeating myself. It's just a different market, and you have different values, and things change, and I like it. I actually like having the diversity of it, too. I like having this draft yeah. versus my my late March drafts, you know, the ones that are right up against it and kind of seeing how I'd everything— I'd much prefer to draft a few times in February than have, have 18 or 19 drafts in March, and my wife— Bingo. Bingo. Um Jen doesn't really know what she's in for yet. Oh yeah, this is next uh, month, and she's heard like some grumblings, and I, I think she's getting scared. I don't want her to get scared, but I think she is a little some, fearful. Someone approached my wife from a site, uh, and uh, is... from Ashley Madison. <laughs> At least for Mark, are, are they still just, they just still around? I don't uh, think so, but that was the best reference I could come up with. Not farmers only. You didn't want to go with that one. Hard <laughs> uh, time. Some some old person, some like super old person, is coming up to her. But uh, someone approached someone from uh, a site approached her to potentially write an article on what it's like being a fantasy wife. Uh, I like it. So I was like, oh, you could write that for my site. She goes, why would I want to do that? <laughs> of course, that's what, what she said. That's hilarious. Yeah, I could, but why? Yeah, exactly. Well, why would I help side. you? Yeah, well, no, thank you. Um, but yeah, you know, she, like I said, Jen's like, what do you, what, what are these trips you're taking next month? You haven't even told me. I was like, I didn't know I needed to tell you a month before. You know, I don't know. I, I'm bad at like <laughs> setting things up in advance. I'm like, I'll tell you the week before I go. Isn't that not good enough? But anyway. Uh, Welcome to being of, an adult. I know. I know. This month's about to get wild. And I'm, I, I, for one, am excited about it. You know what I'm not really excited about, though, is uh, is what Kyler Murray did. He's he's piecing out. I, I put something different in the show notes, but he's uh, he's piecing <laughs> out the football. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, man. I, I don't love it. I, I don't have a lot of words on it. I, I just – this is this is part of the issue with, with baseball is that they can't keep a player like this. They can't mm-hmm. They can't attract this type of talent. Um, this isn't Kyler Murray's fault, though. This is the A's fault. I I don't blame Kyler Murray for no. anything. Like they took him, they offered him the money, they said he could go play football. That you know that was the mistake. They said you know you you don't. 
ask someone to marry you and say they can go and yeah. say they can go be with someone else for a year to try that out. You can have a hall really pass like. for the next yeah. year. <laughs> you can have a year hall pass with someone you really, 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 really like. I'm really hoping my wife doesn't listen to this episode because she was going to be really <laughs> bummed that I didn't give her that hall pass. <laughs> You know, of course, people can uh, be with whoever they want before they marry someone, but you don't say, "Let's get married." Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to sign get the married. contract. We're going to give next you money. Year, you go do your thing. No, 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 bad idea. So you're right. Like the A's kind of kind of shot themselves in the foot. I I did. I was naive. I thought he was going to just play his football, come back and say, you know, I want to want a Heisman. That was sweet. I listen. I understand that you know going from being the glamorous college football star to now being able to go be the draft star and, and NFL guy is is awesome because you're going to get that instant gratification and to make it in baseball. First off, he'd have to make it. There are no guarantees, but he'd go from all that being big man on campus to riding buses in in the low low to mid minors, and but you would do so with five milli too. So it's not like. It's not like there's nothing. And as far as him paying it back, I've seen some people ask about that. He could have spent all of it, and his agent or a OU booster, it'll get paid back without any issue. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't he, think there's he, any concern on that. Well, and his his first contract is going to be worth more than that. I mean, he, he he's exactly. going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. So I don't blame the kid for doing it. Uh, I can't. I still to this day cannot believe. Uh, the A's allowed him to do this. Like he, he, they should have said, "Hey, listen, if you sign the contract, you're with us. Like you don't get to go back and play football because because then they he wouldn't have signed and then they get a pick back, right? Because yeah. now they get nothing. Yeah, they get okay. absolutely nothing. They have his rights. I think they have Neat. his rights for like five years or something like that. But uh, yeah, if he's successful in the NFL, don't worry. I mean, the Redskins are going to ruin this kid's career." Because that's just what the Redskins do. Is they, for those that don't know, that's Justin's team. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna trade up into the top five, probably pick three or something like that, and then uh, draft this kid, ruin his career, and he'll be playing baseball in a few years anyway. So, uh, I mean, it, it sucks if you were in a supplemental draft that happened uh, like right after his yep. draft because you're kind of just sol. Uh, but there is no reason at this point to hold on to him unless you think Major League Baseball is going to pursue some sort of legal action. And I can't imagine that they haven't. I mean, he's giving the money back, so I don't know what the legal well, I mean, action would necessarily be. He signed a contract. Like you he, don't think there's anything in there that that he had a, a coverage for himself? I mean, I, I'm sure there, there 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 has to be, right? I mean, this was the plan all along, but. I, I would be shocked if the A's didn't cover themselves a little bit. Like, why wouldn't they put something in? Hey, you can go play football, but once you're done, you're ours. Like, you don't mm-hmm. get to, like, go and do this. Uh, I mean, I guess they can't, right? Because you can just retire whenever you want. Yeah. So, I don't I don't know. I don't know that they've really got a- anything to do there. Like you said, they kind of uh, they kind of made their own bed. They got a, they got a lie in it here, and, you know, it <laughs> – it sucks though because they they do lose a big talent for baseball to go to football and he probably wouldn't have been very good anyways. He was super raw. How good do you think he's going to be in football? Sorry, sorry for the football detour here, especially with pitchers and catchers reporting. But just a quick thing because I I don't want him to go over the top on the size, but stop comparing him to Lamar Jackson. 
you just look like the person who compares everybody from Asia yeah. to them to the other guys, even if they don't have similarities. I do it when there's similarities, but if they're not the same, then like just because he's a black, uh, speedy quarterback, they're not the same. Lamar Jackson is 6'2", 215. Like, he has a little bit of size to him. He's not massive. He's not Peyton Manning. But Kyler Murray is small. He's Doug yeah, Flutie he's, small. Yeah, well, he's not Doug Flutie small, but he's Drew Brees small. He's Yay. Russell Wilson small, uh, which th- that proves – You named that, two great. Yeah, yeah that proves that it can good. be done at any height. I think height and the measurables in football are often overrated. They obviously sure. have some, uh, you know, some correlation, but plenty of guys with prototypical size at the quarterback position fail, uh, with huge arms fail. Uh, yes. it, I, who knows? I, I, I think that baseball prospecting is a crapshoot to begin with. Football is, is a crapshoot as well. And I think while we in the football industry, uh, especially in the fantasy industry, try to project who's going to be great, who's going to be not, sometimes it's easy to tell. You see a guy like uh, Saquon Barkley and you go, that's going to translate if he's healthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But guys like Kyler Murray, who knows? I mean, it really is a crapshoot. It completely depends on the team around him uh, and and the the coaching staff because he is raw, but – there, there's a ton of talent there, and if I was a first-round pick, I would be foregoing baseball and having to wait three more years to get a big, or well, actually more like you know six to nine years to get a a, a big payday from Major League Baseball for an instant one in football. I don't know, man. You get the, yeah, you, you, you got the five milli though for for the signing bonus. Yeah, but if he get he's you don't get, get your brains beaten. Million I know, right I understand. I, I I understand. It's a guarantee. That. It's it's mu- it, like it, it's easy for us to go because we're never going to touch that kind of money anyway. So it's easy for us sure. to go. Well, over the long term, baseball is the right answer. How many guys make it to the long term? Like we talk about the way teams hold down service time and mm-hmm. uh, the chances you're actually going to see that payday when and, and then. And then you're Bryce Harper. You're one of the best players in the planet. You're 26 hitting free agency, and you still can't get paid. So, like, if I'm Kyler Murray, I wonder, I'm going, I wonder if any of that. Yeah, I wonder if this oh, this weak off season is like ugh. two off seasons in a row where where guys are you know scrounging for jobs, and it's all, you know you know we're in February. Pitchers and catchers have reported, and a hundred plus guys still looking for for contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I would. Yeah, I would take the guaranteed payday. Plus, for some reason, the NFL is better at marketing their sport than Major League Baseball because we've we've got a sport in which you never see people's faces and you know what every NFL quarterback looks like. Yep. But like you go and pick out receivers. Yeah, go go pick out some you know outfielders uh, by picture, and the average Major League Baseball fan can't do it. Yeah, exactly. It's. It's absurd. They've got a long way to go with that sort of stuff. So Kyle Murray's out. Uh, but it's time to talk first base now. It's time to dive deep into Yay. the first base hole. We talked top 25. We went deep on that. Now we're diving deep, and we're going to go shallow on them. So <laughs> we're going to go through these groups here. I, I didn't even – I don't have labels for them that are, are cohesive. They're, they're not group. I think the what you did group, is perfect. The first group is idiots. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. These guys aren't idiots. There's nothing wrong with them. This is not their fault. But 
That's if you've what waited this it. long for your first baseman, you you're are. You're the idiot. That's what it is. You, you nailed it. Yes. Yes. If you're just now getting your first base, your, your starting first baseman, you're the idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how this guy slipped through the first show. I, I will cop to that. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat one on that. Mm-hmm. Unless he moved up seven spots in ADP, in, in, in positional ADP, no. and there's no way he did. So I'm just going to take the hit and say I missed Luke Voigt, and I apologize. It ain't that deep, though, because it's Luke Voigt. But uh, he had 14 home runs and 39 games. If you extrapolate that out, he's going to hit 74,000 home runs this year. That's how I hear Yankees fans. <laughs> he's moved up one spot. Or actually, no, he's moved down a spot since we last did this. Yeah, so I, I don't know what happened there. Apolog- my my sincerest apologies to, uh, what do they call him, King, King Louie or something? I don't know. I think they have a little nickname for him. Uh-huh. But uh, Luke Voigt, we know what he did last year. He absolutely went bananas he went full sicko mode with the yankees 333 405 689 with 14 yaks and 148 plate appearances basically tried to do his best matt olsen impression from uh what olsen did in 17 we know he's not gonna do anything like that but going into his age 28 season he looks to have a bead on the first mm-hmm. base job because greg bird is perpetually broken mm-hmm. and we'll talk about him later but um what do you think is luke voigt someone that that you're interested in because i mean the, the the results were fantastic, and there was there were skills behind it, but obviously we can't extrapolate this. So what are you really expecting out of a Luke Voigt season? Should should he garner say seventy five to eighty percent of the first base role in New York? Ooh, that that's a tough one. I mean, obviously, I think he is going to regress considerably, virtually in every department. You, you, we're not going to prorate out his forty seven games to you know, triple that and, and say, oh, he's 45 home runs at a 322 average. Uh, I would Hang on, let me go change my projection. Hang on. Yeah, yeah, you, you go do that. Um, <laughs> I would probably – I'm looking at the projection systems we have on, on his player page on fan graphs. Mm-hmm. And I think the bat is doing a pretty good job of where I would put him, which is 22 home runs uh, in 123 games. 70 RBIs and a 259-333-458 triple slash. Yeah, that seems pretty fair. Which is totally fair. I just think there's some risk there that I I tend to be a little bit more risk adverse, especially when you kind of have these guys who, while while Voight has been around for a long time uh, and really has never been given a fair shake uh, with uh, with the Cardinals, he popped up out of nowhere last year. No, no one was expecting him to have five home runs, much less fifteen. Yeah, uh, and I just have a hard time buying that if he doesn't struggle, that Greg Bird comes in and takes over. Maybe Miguel Andujar's defense is so bad they move him over to first. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Yankees just go and trade for somebody because there's plenty of first basemen who can be had for pretty cheap in the open market. So. I just have a hard time believing he's going to get to 600 plate appearances. And really, I have a hard time believing he's going to get to 500 plate appearances. So I'm, I'm so, so playing time is actually your biggest concern with Luke yeah, Boyd. It's not skills. I think the skills will be okay. I, I mean, not. Okay. I don't think they're going to be out of this world like last year. But I think if he's given 500 plate appearances, he's hitting 20 home runs. Okay. I just have a that, hard time believing they're going to give him that amount of playing time if – 
things happen <laughs> and it can it could be a lot of things but things happen and what happens when Greg Bird goes on a heater or what happens uh, when Andy R's defense, what happens when they just decide, okay, it's trade season and we're going to go get someone. Exactly. And all, all those points against Void uh, make sense. You know, it, it does have a little tinge of Matt Adams to it too. Remember, he kind of came out of nowhere mm-hmm. when he first exploded with the Cardinals and he had a more substantial playing time. I think it was like, uh, actually I'm pulling up his page right now. It was 319 plate appearances. He popped 17 homers with a 135 WRC plus. And I think once you get over the 100 games, people feel like the the extrapolation game isn't as bad of an idea. It's still a bad idea. Um, and he popped 15 homers the following year with over 200 more plate appearances. Like so, two fewer homers and and a a perfectly reasonable 116 WRC plus. Like he wasn't bad, but I think that's what you should do for Voit is take these these great um you know the 15 homers in 47 games tack on the uh, the eight games that he had with st louis just to take his entire season and it was a 1069 nice ops i think excuse me you move it to like 850 on the ops uh, yeah that, that's kind of the high end i think 850 ops with 25 homers would be your high end for luke boyd and and you live in that low 800s, high 700s, which is where the uh, projections mostly have him, and and then lo- the lower 20s homers because that's the playing time piece that you're talking about with Luke Voigt. So he's going to be fine, but he really shouldn't be anything more than your corner. And I just don't know that I see a superstar turn coming. I, I just I don't know that it's there. The one thing I I if I have to push back on anything that you said, and it's not even that I disagree because you're not even saying that it's definitely going to happen. You're just putting it out there. I think he has a, a decent chance to get the playing time and just hold it, mainly because I'm just disenchanted with Greg Burr. Uh, and I am too. And I, I was one of the most outspoken detractors of Greg Bird when everybody was buying into the hype. Top it, 100. Yeah, it was last year or the year before. I can't remember when it was both. exactly. That's uh, why you can't, it's, it runs together because it was both. So I – for me, it's less about Greg Bird and more about Andy Har or the team trading for someone. I mean, Andy Har's defense. Someone, someone on one of the Facebook uh, fancy baseball groups I'm in was all like, "Why is everybody so down on Andy Har?" I was like, "No one needed the DH to come to the AL so bad." Oh God, and, yeah, and like just like it just he's so bad defensively, but they, they use their outfielders in that DH spot and really don't have a another option i mean i guess they're no. unless they play lemayhu but lemayhu's got to play other places until uh dd comes back so and, and we don't know that andy Hart can just go over to first and play that because mm-hmm. like while first is the easy i've said this before it's, while it is the easiest infield position it is not easy no i ask jose martinez how easy first base is exactly ask gary sheffield when the yankees put him there how dare and he you? was taking shots in the how in the ball dare you talk poorly of sheffield I love Gary Sheffield. He couldn't play first to save his life. All right, so that's enough on Luke Voigt. He, he probably gets the deepest dive because he was still within the top 25 there. Uh, let's jump down to Tyler White, um, whom you know, kind of fitting that he's right behind Luke Voigt here because he also had a pretty interesting run last year, not quite to the same level because his numbers were able to smooth out a little bit more because he played longer. He had 237 plate appearances, but he popped 12 homers. 276, 354, 533, 
Now he was he had a little sample, a very little sample in seventeen that was good as well. Sixty seven games, or excuse me, sixty seven plate appearances uh, of doing a little something, something. You add it all up, we have five hundred eighty plate appearances because in sixteen Tyler White did a little a, a little garbage sample there of two hundred seventy six plate appearances. So it's about a full season. It's five hundred eighty plate appearances of two forty eight, three nineteen, four fifty eight. Which, which equates out to a 112 WRC plus, 23 homers, 80 ribbies. I mean, it screams like feasible corner. The one thing that, that worries me most about Tyler White, because I do like some of the skills that he showed last year, and I think he's he's closer to that line than his than his bottom line, to be honest. But the one thing I worry about is 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 him keeping playing time for Tyler White because they have Yuli Gurriel there at first right now. But I think they could finagle things around because I still love Kyle Tucker, right? And I think moving things around, shifting things to where Guriel winds up the DH or somebody else, like maybe Michael Brantley to keep him off his feet, winds up as DH to get Tucker in is what could impede uh, White's White's ascent here, uh, particularly if he doesn't hit right away. But he does have, you know. 21% strikeout rate, 10% walk rate. I like that. You know, good plate skills. I actually included Tyler White in my uh, article of of guys who could who could go off if uh, if he was given kind of full reign and really hit his peak season. I don't know that the playing time's there though. How do you feel about Tyler White coming into this season? He has DH according to roster resource right now, but how do you feel uh, his season sets up? This is a scary one again, and it, it's all about that playing time situation. Like you mentioned, the Astros are just so deep, and I think people are going to go to their roster resource page and go, well, look at their bench. Their bench isn't that impressive. Well, who's going to take time from uh, Tyler White? That's when you need to start scrolling down and realize in just AAA, they have A.J. Reed, they have Derek mm-hmm. Fisher, they've got Miles Straw, Kyle Tucker, hey, no Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, I mean, they've got all these guys that could come up and really benefit. And like you said, they're going to use that DH to give Springer days off, to give Brantley days off, to give Reddick days off, to give Guriel days off. So that way they're taking these guys out of the lineup, uh, or not taking them out of the lineup, but getting them off their feet and off the field. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be surprised to see Correa have some more DH games to kind of help save him this season. So that's where it becomes a real issue is how many plate appearances can Tyler White actually get as the quote-unquote full-time DH, and that's where I start having issues with uh, with where he's kind of going in, in, in his projections because I don't know that I can trust him to get to 130 games. It just I don't think that's plausible unless there's some massive injuries, and there always could be. But even if there are, or I just named off six guys in AAA that could come up and do what Tyler White does, if not more. Yeah, I focused on Kyle Tucker, and then you, you added several names that are – I mean, A.J. Reed is basically a left-handed Tyler White in, in terms of having some intriguing skills down in the minors. I think Tyler White's a righty, right? Yeah. So uh, basically a, a left-handed iteration, a, a later 20s sort of uh, first-base quote-unquote prospect – uh, actually, he's he's younger. Uh, AJ Reed is. He's 26, while Tyler White's 28. And then Jordan Alvarez is prospect. Um, and I, I love I love uh, Kyle Tucker and Derek Fisher, as I mentioned. No love. He's he's off the radar right now, and he's he was pretty he's legit like a prospect. Fifth outfielder because that system is just so stacked. That's why I, I didn't understand Cleveland. the I didn't understand the Brantley move because 
Like, you've got all these guys who could just come up and play. Like, I know it wasn't, a, like, a big contract or anything necessarily, but, like, you've got all these guys that are ready. Why are you rocking them? Exactly. No, you, you're right. It's nothing against Brantley. It's the fact that they have a same thing with the Rockies. It's like nothing against Daniel Murphy. He should dominate in Colorado. But why did you feel like you needed that guy? Like, why did you feel like that was the best spot to spend your resources? So, yeah, with Tyler White, I agree. Playing time is absolutely a consideration that that yeah, you have to carry and wonder if he can really come through with the playing time. And I would I would bet against it as a full full time sort of deal. If you slot him into your corner to start the season, I think that can work. But you're always looking for a replacement plan for Tyler White just because I think the Astros might be too, unless he fully hits the ground running. If he's tracking near this 124 or excuse me 144 WRC plus that he had last year, of course that changes everything. But if he's meandering along with a 112 WRC plus that's like solid but unspectacular. They can upgrade that spot, so keep that in mind for the Astros. Let's move on to a couple of Alonzos on the uh, uh, on the opposite ends of, of the spectrum in terms of age. Well, not really opposite ends. It's not that Yonder Alonso's that old, but you got the young up and comer Peter Alonso, and then you have Yonder Alonso. For a redraft league, who do you who do you prefer more? I feel like that's a fair question, even though everyone's excited about Peter Alonso. If you, if you just have a redraft league right now, fifteen teamer. So I'll go a little deep to okay, bring Alonso into the picture. Teamer. Hmm. I, think, I think 12 teamer it wouldn't it wouldn't really be this fair. is gonna be blasphemy but I I acquired Peter Alonzo in in R, in RDI and then traded him within 24 hours uh that's not blasphemy that's arbitrage man like uh I am I I, I am very unsure of what Peter Alonzo will be at the major league level I mean same. He, he can hit a fastball. You throw – I don't care how fast it is. Oh, it do, it, do, it literally does not matter. Yeah. We it, saw him in the fall league pop 103 like it yeah. was nothing. Yeah. Like if you throw him a fastball, he is going to crush it. The question is I don't know that he can hit major league breaking stuff. And I don't think the Mets do either. I don't think anybody's really thrown a ton of it to him uh, in in AAA. And Vegas is a launching pad, and I don't think it's done him any favors in terms of his development. Uh, mm-hmm. And apparently the Mets feel somewhat along this line because they went Bingo. out and got people that makes his path to playing time more difficult. Now, I don't want to be the person that says, well, here's no path to playing time, because either Cody Bellinger and Bellinger came up and just crushed. Yeah, and uh, if you're good enough, they'll mm-hmm. figure it out. Like Peter Alonso's at the age where if he's down there just absolutely wrecking shop and putting up a 139 WRC+, plus, which is what he did in AAA, let alone the 180 that he put up in a half season at AA, they're going to find playing time for him. But... I don't know what he can really do in the major. I, I'm with you. And a Peter, or excuse me, Yonder Alonso, 317, 421 with 23 homers, 83 ribbies last year. Do you really think that that's worse than, than what Peter Alonso should be expected to do? Not what his peak is, but what he can be expected to do, especially going over to, um, going over to Chicago. Although I will say that's kind of a neutral move because – Cleveland is kind of a sneaky great spot for lefty power. I don't know if everyone's aware of that, but it, it's a good spot for lefty home run hitters. So going just over to Chicago, it, it kind of a neutral move. Um, but you can't. 
I don't think you can convince me that uh, Peter Alonso's projection should be much better than what Alon- uh, Yonder Alonso did last year. Can't use last names here. Got to go first names. I think <laughs> one of the things that is encouraging about Peter Alonso is the fact that in spite of we don't really know what he is in terms of his ability to hit uh, sliders and, and breaking pitches and uh, dude's going to walk and he's got pretty good understanding control of the strike zone. And so maybe he can come up and have that hot streak like Bellinger did because he, you know, one of the things that Bellinger bended from was just uh, an elite batting eye and being able to kind of go, well, that's outside up. Oh, I'm not swinging at that up, oh, you know? And so mm. maybe he'll be able to just kind of lay off the junk and wait for people to try to come inside on him. Uh, I just I really don't know. I I don't think he's been challenged enough at Triple A. That being said, I think in a in your normal fifteen team home league, I'm probably leading yonder. In any sort of competition with an overall prize though, so we start talking about NFBC or TGFBI, I'm gonna lean Peter because I think the upside is so great. You could spike something bigger, yeah. Yeah, okay. we're so we're talking about eighty raw power that is probably 70, 75 in-game already. Yeah, I, I don't think that, that that's necessarily out of bounds to make that distinction. Um, I, I'm sure it's jarring for some folks to even consider those two together. Um, it, it's not it's not a gimmick because they share the same last name. They're not related, by the way. But uh, <laughs> I think you need to go look. No, they're not. I think you need to go look at what Peter Alonso's done and, and what his profile is as a first-base prospect and look at what Yonder Alonso's done in the last two years. I feel like... Coming off of his big 2017 breakout, he held up pretty well last year with the with the regression that you would find reasonable. Um, I thought he was perfectly fine. I think he'll be maybe a little bit better than he was in 18 this upcoming year for Yonder Alonso, but not quite as good as 17, which puts him at better than what you should really expect out of Alonso or Peter outside of the upside. Let's move on though, because I, I'm, I keep saying Alonzo and that doesn't help anybody. It's Peter and Yonder. And uh, we're, we're, we're preferring Yonder in a redraft without an overall prize. And in, I, th- in a I think we diverge. In, in a, yeah, in 15 teamer. 15 in, in a shallower format, give me the guy with the upside in Peter. Give me the spike. Yep. Especially if I've got the bench spots to stash him, because one of the things too, you're going to have to stash him. He's not going to be up opening day. And there's a chance with the pieces like they've added that he's not up when guys like Eloy and Vlad come up either. So see that pushes me in the main event to stick, even with the main event to stick with Yonder in a 15 teamer because I, I don't want to hold Peter Alonso. So we diverge a little bit there, but uh, the bottom line is they're close. Keep an eye on them. If you lose out on one, you could probably go to the other, and and you're not going to lose all that much. Let's talk about somebody I do love here, and he is he's definitely in the gamble range. Took him, but in I Marth. love Ryan O'Hearn. Oh. Happy to hear that. By the way, why didn't you Twitch stream that? Uh, one because I didn't want to. And okay, that's a good enough reason. It, it was I was inputting all the stuff, and yeah, I figured it'd be a pretty difficult ta- task for you to also plus, do I, that. I'm still a smoker, uh, <laughs> and so I like to go out and smoke a lot. And I figured the Twitch stream did not want to come out and have cigarettes with. Well, me. no, they like, they wouldn't have to do that. You could you could just have it in the room. Like you would have had to have maybe a setup where it's just in the room. Yeah, I, I don't know what that would have been. What if you know a separate computer or what? I still but haven't I, found my iPad from when I moved into my new house back in August. Well, plus I told you like Friday night for a Saturday morning draft. It's something you probably want to plan out a little bit more anyway. 
Yeah, it's uh, something I thought I've thought about doing in the last few years, and then I, I just go, I really don't like putting effort into things. <laughs> Shut up. That's not – you're so full of shit, dude. No one works harder than you, and you're like, oh, I'm just a slacker slacking along. Shut up. No one's buying it, dude. You you work like you sound like thirty jobs. You, you sound like school. my wife. She's all like, "I listen to you on that Teach FBI podcast, and you 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 you're such you're so full of shit with your humility and stuff that none of that is real. You're such an egotistical prick." I'm like, "Oh wow, wow! I'm, I'm glad you married me." There, <laughs> but uh, yeah, don't don't don't. You know what? I know what you're doing. You're trying to make it look even more impressive that you're yes, able when to I do, do it next year. Yeah. By by saying that that you don't really, I don't, you know, just kind of coasting along doing everything ever. D- don't hit me with that. All right. Let's talk about Ryan. I'm in in Barf. Great great job there. I'm a big fan of this guy, and thankfully, I don't think his price can really rise to a level where I wouldn't really where I wouldn't stay interested. He's going three thirty eight. On average, uh, Ryan O'Hearn is. By the way, haven't really been giving the ADPs, and I apologize. Luke Voigt, 194. Peter Alonzo, 264. Yonder Alonzo, 294. And then uh, Ryan O'Hearn, as I just mentioned, 338. Uh, so even if he went his min pick regularly, if that was his new ADP, 274, I'd still be interested. That would put him in the uh, range of some guys we haven't even talked about yet. Jay Bruce, Nico Goodrum. So I'm all about Ryan O'Hearn. I've been comparing it just loosely. It's just kind of a not. I wouldn't even say lazy comparison because it's not. It's not. I, I don't think it is lazy. I think it just gives you an idea of what the guy is. A, a little, a little baby Matt Olson for what he did in his. Uh, again, Matt Olson went off that year. Twenty-four homers in like seven games or whatever he played. <laughs> it was absurd how how well he did. Nice little sample though. One fifty-five WRC plus or one fifty-three, excuse me, with twelve homers in forty-four games for Ryan O'Hearn. Going to be age twenty-five. Takes walks twelve percent. Does swing and miss twenty-seven percent. But I like the skills here, and I think that there's true raw power that's going to play even in a park like his. So that's that keeps the Olsen comp going because Olsen's out in Oakland and O'Hearn's in KC. So that's why I make the comp not not just because of a great little small sample at the end of a year uh, as a first baseman, but also because they play in parks that you're like, ah, that's going to hold back the power. Not for these guys. These guys can overcome their parks because of their power. I really like Ryan O'Hearn. He's not only somebody I like for corner – I'm targeting him as a corner util reserve pick in some leagues. You don't even have to take him in the in the main draft. So how do you feel about Ryan O'Hearn? He should have full leash on the on the KC first base role. And I think that that helps too because playing time is king. I, I think that's the biggest deal is, is playing time is king. And he is gonna he's gonna play on that really, really awful Royals team. And there's obviously things working against him because of that. It, it's not a very good park. Uh, it's not going to be a very good lineup, so maybe that limits some of the ceiling a bit. That being said, I love him, especially on, on base percentage leagues, because he, he walked at a, an almost 12% rate last year. Even the projection systems have him walking at about a 9 to 10% rate uh, this year. And so if that average does come down, though, like I don't understand sometimes when projection systems come out and go, well, this guy hit 262. There's nothing really out of the ordinary in his numbers. We're not going to regress his BABIP. Like, why, why they project him to hit 220 and 230? It is weird, right? Like, I, uh, I'm assuming I it's because that he's comes. had such a high ground ball rate in the uh, in the minor leagues that they assume that 
he's going to kind of uh, progress there because he only had a 30, a 34% uh, yeah. round ball rate. He, he However, kind of flipped the script. In, in, the, in the majors, O'Hearn hit a 46% fly ball rate, 35% ground ball. In the minors, it was almost uh, an inverse, just reading off some of his recent uh, ground ball rates. In the minors, in AAA last year, it was 44 47 in in AAA in 17, 50 in a small AA sample, 44, 48. So you you get the point. He's more of a ground ball guy. But wouldn't that make his batting average? He obviously made a change, too, though, to his approach because, like, he's got a a 17.7 degree launch angle, or at least he did last year. You know who has uh, an almost identical launch angle and, and very similar exit velocity numbers? Matt Olson. Hey, so it's almost it, like I came up with that out of somewhere. Yeah, I so, didn't know they had. The, I did not know they had the same launch angle. But again, just another tick mark in the in the comparison. Mm-hmm. And I love both. Yeah, and so I came around on Matt Olson. So uh, in kind of digging into Hearn before that Barf League draft, I went, well, if I'm coming around on Matt Olson, why am I not coming around on Ryan O'Hearn? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's extremely cheap. He's a bench bat for me in in, in Barf, uh, which I think is perfect. Like I said, he walks, so it, it being an on-base percentage league, he gets a nice little added boost. I see no reason why he can't hit 250 and have a 10% walk rate and hit 20 to 27 28 home runs next year yeah uh because like you said like there's, there's no one challenging him for that spot that they have no one no the interesting thing is is the roster resource has him with the little red l meaning platoon but they don't list who he'd be platooning with or, or they, they don't have an i, I <laughs> the royals are so bad they don't even they, they're gonna platoon him but they're, they're gonna just gonna leave platoon. it bl- they're just gonna yeah. leave it empty um i'm wondering if it's a situation because they the other two platoons that they have um, they have Brian Goodwin and Jorge Bonifacio. They marry, right? They're both outfielders. The other one that they have for tuning off the bench would be Chris Owings. I don't think Owings is going to play first, but maybe they're saying Dozier moves over yeah, to first that's exactly and Owings think. comes in on the infield. But I think O'Hearn is not going to be a straight platoon. Here's the thing, though. Even if he is, it's going to be strong side. He's going to get the the, the oh, overwhelming majority. against lefties. He was. He absolutely was, but it was 41 plate appearances, too, and you're not going to get a guy better um, against lefties by just never playing him. So, and they, they still... have no reason not to play him because they're going to be so bad. They know they're going to be bad. Why not give the kid a shot? And especially exactly. on a team that doesn't have a lot of on base skills. Why not put a guy like O'Hearn in your you know four or five hole and let him get on base because God knows no one else on that team is going to. Well, yeah, except, except for maybe Whit- Merrifield. Whit- yeah, yeah Whit- Merrifield exactly. Um, so, no, I, I totally agree there. And you look at it and the, take somebody just like uh, who also didn't really play full-time, like Jose Martinez. And he was able to get 451 plate appearances against righties last year. And you can get as high as 500. That's what Carlos Santana and Anthony Rizzo got. Uh, and and there's, there's several that are like 425-plus. And I think in, in that number, you can give me 425 or more, for Ryan O'Hearn against righties, I can get my 20 yaks. And so that might, his rate of homers might be great, but I agree with you that you can't necessarily go with the with the upper 20s, low 30s, just because of the plate appearances. You have to be a little bit careful on that because he probably shouldn't play that much against lefties. But he, 
if he beasts out and, and stays at this, uh, you know, 1,000 OPS level against righties, which is not the projection, but it's it's the possibility, then he could chase down upper 20s, low 30s with the homers. But if you just say, let me get 22 homers in as a part-time player, and then they have three, four lefties coming up in a week, you bench him, they have seven righties, you automatically play O'Hearn, mm-hmm. I like him. He's, so. he's a great guy for daily leagues too, which, like I said, which Barf is as well. A uh, little tangent real quick yes. uh, because talking about him just made me think of something uh, from the last episode. And, you know, if you didn't like all the tangents last episode, I, I apologize. Uh, no, they were great. Pe- people were really great. seemed to enjoy them. People also really seemed to get on board the uh, Jake Bowers train and it, that being Paul's guy. And I just wanted to thank everybody on, on, on Twitter and social media that – uh, really, really came to my defense really, and is is really, making Jake Bowers really, Paul's guy. Really, really dislike everybody involved in this. Yes, Shelly, Shelly, absolutely. Uh, who's one of my writers over at Friends Fancy Benefits? And I am not. She uh, writes over at Prospects fifteen hundred as well. Uh, Jake she, Bowers, she, yeah. she really just came through in a huge way. Here's the beauty. We can't take him in labor because Jason actually hates Jake Bowers. <laughs> and, and it's not like he'll be leaving early for a flight this year, so you exactly. have to like, finish the job. Uh, Get him drunk or something. He's going to be here the whole time. Um, maybe if we do something in the later rounds where it's just like you take you know autonomy for each every other pick, I can just take him with one of my picks and, and really, God, really I, piss I, him I'm off. I'm still loving like New name for the podcast, Towers of Bowers. Just, that's, that's, that's amazing. It's not funny, accurate. I don't like Jake Bowers that much. Stop it. All right. Now, when I get my first base, Jake Bowers, my corner, Ryan O'Hearn, my team will be set. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to an interesting guy here, particularly with this group, because he doesn't. Yes, I'm going to tell you why, though. He doesn't fit the profile of any of these other guys. These are all like the raw power corner infield. You're just trying to get your 20-plus homers. And then you slide little Nico Goodrum in here, and uh, he had 16 homers and and 12 stolen bases. He also qualifies at second base, so he's got a little flexibility there. That's where that's where the interest comes in because so he's just pretty a much Jake Bowers profile. He's not quite that good. Nobody's that good. But like you know, he's he's 250, 16 home runs, 10 stolen bases. That's Jake Bowers. That's Jake Bowers' first month. <laughs> <laughs> and then his batting average takes off. Well, I, I, I could it, not yeah. have planted this even uh, even if I tried. I mean, just this is, this is amazing. Nico Goodrum strikes out twenty seven percent of the time and walked nine percent. Jake Bowers, fuck, that's kind of what he did yeah. last year. Yeah, no, but no. that's not what his history is. If you know damn well that his plate skills are much better than that. He had a 14% walk rate last year, even as he was striking out way too much. Um, Nico Goodrum, yeah, I, I I don't really know what to make of him. He, he gave Tigers fans something interesting to watch last year because he was kind of a little bit of a dynamic player for what they were running out there, like I said, with the, uh, with the power and speed. You talk about playing time again being king. We mentioned it with O'Hearn. It's really going to be king in Detroit with guys like this because – who else are they really playing right now? He's not a prospect or anything, but he's 27, so he's the you know he's the uh, on the right side of 30 type of guy that you're not really looking to move him out of the lineup if he if he performs. But he was basically average. I mean, we're talking about a 103 WRC plus and and the mediocre to bad plate skills that I'm talking about. 
But the 16 homers, 12 stolen bases, I think the double-digit stolen bases are what's going to appeal to folks. But how do you feel about Nico Goodrum coming into his age 27 season? Uh, I think he's an interesting guy because he's got multi-position eligibility, especially if you're playing in a league like Yahoo. Uh, in, in Yahoo, he's going to have first, second, third, short, and outfield. Oh, dang. Okay. So he pretty much plays everywhere but catcher. Uh, so he's like a, a – a cheaper, more flawed Jerickson profile. Yes. Uh, Which isn't bad, though. I mean, he's no, much, much cheaper. Especially if you're playing in a Yahoo league and it's daily moves, you know, and I keep mentioning this with a lot of different guys, but more days off this season, season starts earlier than it ever has before. So if you've got daily moves and you can play him in a bunch of different spots to kind of fill in those gaps, that, that has a lot of value. Uh, He's 150 picks cheaper going at pick 277 for Nico Goodrum. So, than Profar, by the way. Like you said, he's going to play because they don't have a ton of other options. Uh, And so, while and and apparently, according to roster resource, he's going to hit fifth. So that that is uh, sad for you. But good for fantasy owners because he's going (laughs) to be able to drive in a lot of runs with Miggy getting on base in front of him and. Uh, and Casty and Kristen yeah. Stewart, like I mean, the, again, I'm not going to sit here and try to convince anybody that the Tigers' offense is anything close to good. But for where Goodrum is, he's actually going to have their their very few on base guys ahead of him. Mm-hmm. So he might actually be hitting with ducks on the pond relatively often compared to what I'm you might expect they don't from have somebody. Him hitting second or. I guess Stewart's not. an. I kind of like Stewart there though. He's a big time on base guy. Yeah. So you get him I like on Stewart base. a lot this year. Me too, me too. And you get him on base for Castellanos and, and Cabrera, it totally works. Um, so, yeah, the 12 stolen bases out of first base or out of this this super utility guy, Goodrum has value in deeper leagues. Are you taking him as a bench bat in 12-teamer? Or does Probably he stay on the waiver? Probably not in a 12-teamer. He may be a guy that I scoop up a month or two in the season if he's picked up added eligibilities elsewhere. Might be a reserve pick because if you think, what do we do? Normally 23 spots uh, in a 12-teamer, that's 276 right there. And if there's you know three to five spots, Goodrum might fit in as a nice bench bench bat there for 12-teamers. But that's about it. If he's in your starting if, if lineup. If you've got like a shaky corner situation or first base situation or a shaky second base situation, he's not a bad option as a guy who can, like I said, vacillate between positions but also give you some coverage. He he's probably just going to be an accumulator, but yes, especially in your deeper formats in your fifteen team leagues, you need those guys. Like those guys are a vital part of winning a championship. Exactly, exactly. So that's Nico Goodrum for the Detroit Tigers. Not terrible. Your your budget, your super budget, um, your super budget jerks and Profar. So keep that in mind. You get him one hundred and fifty picks later, and in Yahoo he plays all those same spots. Let's move over to Eric Thames. Um, you know. This time last year, Jesus Aguilar was was right in this spot. And it was, you know, Jesus, I don't know if we did talk about him on the first base preview or not, but it would have been like, hey, you know, he's I don't think we did six hours per position last year. True, true. Um, So (laughs) it would have been like, hey, you know, he did some things in 17, doesn't really have great playing time. Thames is going to play. And then they have all these other guys, you know, outfield's not really there. And Braun's supposed to play first base. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But now Thames is here, and 
he's in that spot. He's going to be age 32. He did hit 16 homers with seven steals, by the way, seven for seven. A little wow. interesting chip in there. But his plate skills were much worse than they were in 17 when he broke out. Um, he still walked 10%, but he had a 35% strikeout rate. That really put a hampering on his batting average, which was 219. So 219, 306, 478. You love the power. The raw power is still there. Eric Thames can at least jump into the outfield a bit too, but they're they're locked and loaded. Like that, it's going to be Braun Yelich, uh, Braun Kane Yelich from left to right. Obviously, Braun's health is a little bit sus, but when they're healthy, they want those three in there for sure. And Aguilar is going to get his time, so it does look difficult to find time for Thames outside of filling in here and there. What do you really expect from him though? Because we saw kind of two some some major fall off from 17 to 18. Is he the 18 guy or can he creep back towards 17? Not all the way there, but like be more of a 115, like in the middle, 115 WRC plus. I mean, I think it's all about playing time for him. If he can find a way to get him more on the field, I think he's going to produce at least in the power department. Uh they just pitcher stopped attacking him in the zone. So they went, wow, look what he does when we throw him a fastball. It's kind of the, uh, the Peter Alonzo, uh, conundrum is, well, if he can just crush a fastball, why are we throwing him fastballs? So that's, that's maybe not. Yeah. They, they went outside the zone more. He had a hard time laying off. He made, uh, uh, less contact outside of the zone. He actually made more in the zone contact, which is, you know, just, showing more that he can actually, you know, when when a ball's thrown on, in the, you know, on the plate, he's going to crush it. Uh, it's hard to think after what we saw with Aguilar last year and how deep this uh this Brewers team is that he's going to be able to find his way into regular playing time unless he can learn to play second base or something like that. Well, Travis Shaw's already there. Uh, no, Shaw's going to play third this year. <laughs> I know. I know. Until I they sign Moustakis, because they've been talking about signing Moustakis. Bring Moustakis back, and then Spangenberg gets gets owned because uh, Shaw's mm-hmm. going to take second base again. The, yeah, I, I, mean, I read an erroneous report that the the Brewers signed Moustakis on the day of the Barf draft, and Keston Kira fell to the last round because of it. <sighs> oh my God! What a, that's awesome! Like what a steal! I mean, I don't know. It, I didn't, didn't get him. I, I, oh, okay. <laughs> I wish so, I had, but like I was all, I was like, oh wow, Moustakis signed back with, with the Brewers, and everybody was like, well, the, let's cross Keston Hura oh, off our list. Out here. <laughs> and somebody took him in the last round of the draft wow. because of it. Wow, wow, wow. That's not bad. I, I don't know you know, what he's going to do this year, but uh, to give him the last pick, you know, last round there for, yeah, for no, Keston Hura, I'll take that all day. I, so, I wish I would have. Without any sort of injury, I can't. it's hard to see where Eric Thames gets in regular playing time, right? And so that puts a major cap on what he can do. Is he, this will be kind of our litmus test here with these next handful of guys. Is he a 12-team reserve? Let's say five reserves. Mm. So we get 28 players per team. That's 336. His ADP in NFBC says, yeah, because he's going, um, He's no, no, it, does, it says no, actually. He's going 416, Eric Thames is, with outfield first base eligibility. But would you yourself... I don't bump think that up. So no, I don't think so. I mean, unless I'm, I just think they're. You said he's going four sixteen. Four sixteen. I'm I'm looking at like first baseman going behind. I'd rather have Wilmer Flores. Our, and our boy, 
I mean, our, we, we would be drafting O'Hearn before Thames, and what would be the point of then yeah. getting another guy like that, right? Yeah, I just I can't imagine. I, you know, there's obviously the potential because once you show that skill, you own it. That he can he's got do. he's got true power, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and I mean, even even in the limited plate appearances last year, he showed that power. Like he showed the fact that he can muscle these out. It just, it's hard to believe that he's going to get the playing time to do that. And so, while I think he can hit 30 or 40 home runs at the major league level if given full playing time. I just don't know that I believe he's going to get 200 games played this year. Yep. I just can't see it. Get to 100 games. That's what you said about things. Yeah. It sounded like you said get get 200 games. I'm like, yo, Justin, I got news for you, man. If he gets 200 games played, then he's hitting 40 home runs. (laughs) If he gets 200 games played, I'm actually taking him in the first round. He was was great on the Korean version of the Masked Singer, though. That's right. He was. That was amazing. Uh, Great personality. I love Eric Thames. I'm rooting for him. I don't see the playing I, I, time I'd like now, him to though. be my daughter's godfather, but I don't want him on my good, fantasy team. Good luxury for the Brewers to have, though. To have that kind of pop sure. off the bench, that's nice. But that's that's all it is right now. All right, let's move on to a group of uh, real crusty vets here. I mean, these guys, these guys are super crusted over. I will make a declaration, though. Out of these eight, nine, nine guys, I think. Hang on. Is it nine? Yeah, it is. Out of these nine... One of them will be a 10-team relevant starter this year. Justin Bohr. Well, why do you have to spoil it? <laughs> That's my pick, too. I, I, I think Bohr. two of them will be. I, I'm saying, I was just saying at least one. Oh, oh, oh. But, uh, I, you know, I say at like, least, I, I'm going to say at least two of them will be because I think, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll go through these individually. Well, let's let's but, start then. Let's start yeah. with, with Jay Bruce. Is he one of them for he you? He is, I think. I think He's he, going 269. Outfield first base dual eligibility, which, you know, I know people kind of slough it off when it's out outfield first base. Anytime you're adding an extra position, that mm-hmm. adds some value. That is nice to have. So um, he's Especially actually with the depth at for the lack of depth there, you know, at first base. It's... Exactly. Uh, so he's going to be DHing, it looks like, uh, primarily for Seattle. And he should be locked and loaded to go for at least full side platoon or fr- front side uh, of the platoon against righties. They do have him platooning with Ryan Healy, though. Mm-hmm. Um, He's not going to be platooning with Ryan Healy. Let's let's be honest here. That's just not going to happen. It's They're paying him a ton of money. That's what I was about to say. I think they're going to let him play. I think he they want to be able to few... try to trade him, and so they're going to showcase. Bruce, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you think he's one of the guys who could get there as well. He At least 30 home off runs of... in the two previous seasons to last year at 26 in 2015. uh, If he's healthy and supposedly he is dudes hitting 30 home runs. He had two really strong years in 16 and 17. Jay Bruce did your your standard 250, 30 and a hundred. Now he was 99, one of the years, but it was also more than 30 homers. So I'm just using it as the loose, loose guideline here don't correct me on it was actually 36 home runs and 101 ribbies <laughs> just but 250 30 a hundo is what you're getting out of bruce for two years then last year he falls completely off of course he was injured you don't think that that's you know that that's a pretty viable reason to blame it on i don't think that he lost his ability his plate skills were actually better his strikeout rate was a not career best but his best since 2009 and his walk rate was a career best. So he had a little bit of uh, plate skills improvement. His power fell apart 
again, I'm going to say that that's due to health. And if we do get a healthy Jay Bruce coming into the season, which is what we're expecting, and we'll and we'll get more information as as draft season evolves. So if things change there, then we'll we'll adjust accordingly. But if his if his hip is good to go, I don't know how he's not getting another thirty. I agree. He, and, and even in, in hit, Safeco. Yeah, he's hit at least 25 home runs in every season where he's gotten 550 plate appearances. He's, and he should get that this year? Yeah, and there's no reason to think that as a DH, he can't get up there 500 for 550 plate appearances. And so I'm going to pencil in 25 and hope that I get 35. Yeah, Jay Bruce is a, is a nice little, little potential late-round pick that uh, to pick 269 which is nice no one's going to ooh and ah at that pick right and i know sometimes people want those picks late that that draw the reaction no one's gonna make a peep but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't consider him because i think jay bruce he's gonna be 32 which is not ancient he's getting 20 plus homers i agree and has a chance to chase down 30 again i share your jay bruce interest yes and i think he'd make it an interesting uh late round pick tonight and so we'll see what uh, we'll see what jason thinks about it what about ryan zimmerman is he somebody who could contend for that now we've seen flourishes from him in each of the last two seasons in fact a full-on it wasn't just a flourish in 17 it was a damn good season it was 303 36 108 and then last year he came back to earth but he only played 85 games the injuries came back but he was still pretty good 264 1351 so it was good for a 118 wrc plus um, so, you, you know, if he had been able to stay healthy, it would have been a pretty good season. But you look over the last five years for Ryan Zimmerman, he's played over 115 games once. And it was that beautiful 2017. At age 34, what are your expectations of Ryan Zimmerman going into this year? They're not super high because I, I don't have a ton of faith he's going to be able to stay on the field because, like you said, he just hasn't been able to do it in recent years except for that uh, that beautiful 2017. and. I, I want to be wrong because I was the biggest Ryan Zimmerman fan. Oh, I uh, love peak Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah. Earlier this decade, he was just, he was like my favorite player and just, uh, I, I had him on all my fantasy teams. He won me a number of championships and now, uh, uh, it, it's sad to see that he is kind of a shell of his former self, but I don't want a shell of anybody's former self on my, on my fantasy team. So it's, yeah, He's just a damn solid hitter when he's healthy, and obviously that's just been the biggest and challenge I, for Ryan Zimmerman is being healthy. And I think the Dozier signing is kind of the beginning of the end for him because they have, uh, blanking on his name, top prospect, uh, who is uh, shortstop but has moved over second Carter base. Keboom. Yes, thank you. Carter Keboom. Uh, Keboom is ready and I think will be up pretty early in the season at some point. And in that case, okay. I think Dozier moves over to first. Zimmerman goes to the bench, uh, and uh, we we see kind of the, the, the end of Ryan Zimmerman being viable in any format. Yeah, it was a big oblique situation last year, and those those can linger. Obviously, he's had an offseason to heal. Here's hoping that, he, that he's healed and he can come back. Skills were strong, 17% strikeout rate, 9% walk rate. I mentioned the slash line wasn't too bad. It, it, it netted a 118 WRC+. Plus. So, you know, as, you get, as you're picking out your crusty vets, I don't think Zimmerman's a terrible pick uh, if, if he's the one you want to bet on because at, at pick 322, it's a gamble you can take. And you're like, hey, maybe I can well, and get— And we just saw the talent a year ago. Like, exactly. A little over a year ago. So it's— like we know it's in there, but 
the the percentage chance that I think that he can get back to that is yep. pretty small. And I, I agree. It's it's a it's a low it's a low probability bet, but it is one that I'll probably make in at least one of my deep leagues. Draft just and just yeah, just like a draft and hold or something, just to see if I can if I can spike the uh, the big the big Zimmerman season or even a reasonable Zimmerman season, say 125 games of a 125 WRC plus or something. All right, let's move on to the most misplaced player ever, Brandon <laughs> Bell. I think there have been hundreds of uh, internet columns used on Brandon Belt and what if he played here? What if he played here? If only Brandon Belt played here, maybe if Brandon Belt could play here. They're not wrong. It's just oh, just drop my forecaster. Um they're not wrong that uh that he deserves to be somewhere else to see if we could get the full Brandon Belt. But he's still in, in Oracle. He's still in San Francisco. It's and so for weird that to reason that it's called Oracle. I'm out. I know. I'm not out because of that. AT&T wasn't that great, though. I, I, I am out because of that because even if you project – give him some health, right? Get everything on health, track. He's going to be a 20-home run hitter and an on-base percentage stud. It's just, He's never been a 20-home run hitter. He would have been never. had he stayed on the field the last I years. would have been if I had hit 20 home runs last year, too. I was only 20 <laughs> away, and then I would have been a 20-home run hitter. You didn't hitter. hit any home runs in your softball league? No, actually, I didn't, unfortunately. Oh, wow. I hit a bunch of triples. I can't go yard. Okay, Evan like Yo, I, I'm not Evan Gattis. You hitting triples would be <laughs> Evan Gattis. I do remember that year that he hit like nine triples. That was very weird. I don't want um, third base eligibility in Yahoo, so I, I don't hit triples. I don't like to run. <laughs> I like that. Great, great callback, by the way. Great joke there. Um, I want Brandon Belt to do well. I like him. Hook him horns, baby. Dude's never hit 20. And I understand that if you – Pace out a few of his several of his seasons. He was so close in 2017, and he only played 104 games. He definitely would have gotten there with a modicum of health. And concussions have been a problem, and that's obviously something that could be a long-term lingering. It's just not for me, man. I'm gonna root. That's this is one I root for from the sidelines. I want him to beast out. I don't even care if it's on my chief competitors team. You know, somebody I go against. That uh, you know, we're battling for first Mm -hmm. and second. He's getting a great Brandon Belt season. I would still. Be happy that Brandon Belt's going off because I do like the player. I can't draft him though because it's just I've been bland like, ass teams home runs. I've been a huge Brandon Belt attractor for a really really long time, and last year I saw the swing change and I went, oh, I want in on that. Uh, and I think if he, he he obviously got hurt and it really affected the rest of his season. If he's coming into the season healthy and that swing looks the same as it did at the beginning of last year. I'm going to have a share in an NL only. Uh, and okay. it probably will likely be in NL Tout Wars, where it's an on-base percentage league. Which uh, helps, yeah. So uh, I think, uh, obviously, I'm about to get bit up because I'm talking about him, and I know some of the guys in that league listen to this podcast. But I think that is a place I may end up targeting him. I'm going to get a share or two just in case. Uh, because, I mean, he is such a good on-base guy, and I think that he can put it all together if he could just stay on the field. And Brandon Belt's going to bat top half of, of the order. I, again, doesn't matter that it's a bad order. Being in the top half certainly helps. You're right. He is only 30. Again, I, I, I can understand the reasons to want to stay invested and, and just hope that at his age 31 season, he can finally go like 20 
with a 265 average and, and chip in six steals because you know he has he has some steals here and there he has a nine steal season years ago he had he was four for four last year in 112 games so you know you could even get some of that little chip in speed with the great OBP uh, yeah I mentioned his average by the way I should I should really cite OBP because he can he can put up like a 375 on you in in a healthy quality season but it is age 31 and we just have never seen a 20 homer season. So I can't really bet on it coming this year. So yeah, it won't be for me. He is going in, right by Ryan Zimmerman. Their ADP differences are imperceptible. 322.19 to 322.38. Would you rather so, have Zimmerman over Boar? Or sorry, sorry, Zimmerman over Belt. Yes. I think I think 20 is just more likely for him. 20 homers for for Zimmerman, um, despite the age difference. I, again, that that park man, that that park just did eat him alive, and then health. But uh, if we if we can get some health, turn off the injuries on on Brandon Belt, we will finally get that 20 homer season. I just can't bet on it right now. Let's move over to Bohr and, and the Angels. So we'll, we'll loop in uh, Albert Pujols here as well. Right now, roster resource has both of them in. Bohr at first. Pools at DH because Otani's not going to be ready to start the season. So as as bummed as I was to hear about you know Otani's situation and the fact that he's not going to be ready to begin the season, it does open up playing time for Bohr, a, more, a clearer path for him to get the playing time that he so richly deserves. I believe because I really like Justin Bohr. I know we like Bohr better, but I'm sorry, I got to make you talk about Albert Pools as well because he's still there. He's still getting paid eighty billion dollars, so he's still going to get some playing time. But let's start with our boy Boar, who's going ADP of 389, which is fantastic. Sign me up all day. That's going to go up. That is going to go up quite a bit uh, because of Otani not being ready and people are going, oh, wait, Boar might actually play. Boar's going to play either way. Like. Bohr's going to go off in the spring training, too. If you thought Justin Bohr was going to be the one that lost all the playing time to Otani's shenanigans, uh, you don't watch a ton of baseball because it's going to be Albert Pujols that loses time uh, yeah, to, to, to Otani. And I, I still maintain I don't think Otani's going to play nearly as much as other people uh, this season. So I think Bohr has got a pretty safe job. I really love the fact that he's going to benefited from them lowering the uh, the line for the home runs. Yeah, uh, they they lowered the wall like uh, this was last year that they did it. So we already saw it. Otani benefited from it. I don't know Cole Calhoun on his little magic run there probably uh, benefited from it a, a bit. Bohr can really take advantage. I mean, he's got anywhere power. So if you give him any extra advantages, that's great. Now he only popped twenty last year. He had a weird season. He was, he was actually better. Well, clearly, but he was better with the Marlins. Um, than he was with the Phillies. I remember when he went to the Phillies, I was like, well, maybe he can finally click and get going. They didn't really have spot for him. He was more of a, a supplemental bench bat type for for the Phillies. But Justin Bohr, oblique, got him two years in a row. And I just mentioned how they can linger with, with Zimmerman. So that's uh, frustrating. But I am going to take this gamble here because he's so cheap. I still think he can he can chase down a thirty homer season. He yeah. should have had thirty homers in twenty seventeen. If we're talking about could have should have. Yeah, in exactly. Miami. So exactly. So give me him in L A. Um, I do worry. I, I I don't project anything for spring or whatever. It's just like a gut feel though. I do worry that he's going to have like a beastly six seven homer spring and and and, <laughs> and push himself up, up to like pick two fifty yeah. or some shit. Yeah, and then I'll be like, I'm still going to take him, but it's going to be 
begrudging like anger that I'm having to pay the same price. But that would put him around Josh Bell and CJ Crone. And I, I really wouldn't have a problem still taking Justin Bohr. So he could go I up. I would probably take him above Crone and behind Bell. So I think that would probably be the perfect spot. So, and, and actually, that'd be more than 100 picks because he's going 389. That'd put him in the 250 range. So w- there's there's space for Bohr to move up and for us to stay interested. Let's give. Let's say we got a, a modicum of health. Maybe he has one DL stint, misses 15 games. It's a little bit longer than the 10 days. So we chop off 15 giving him about 145-ish games. What would you expect out of Justin Bohr with that? Ooh, give me the numbers again. How many games? About 145. I think in 145 healthy games, he's hitting 28 home runs, 260. Okay. I think... um, that's interesting that you bring that up, by the way, because as a pure slugger, I don't think people give enough credit for being a pretty solid batting average guy. The yeah. 227 last year, notwithstanding. He had a 270 BABIP. He, he was hurt. He's uh, a career 260, and yeah, it, so got, it got brought got down. He's got excellent eye, too. I mean, he had almost oh, 15% walk rate last year, uh, 11% the year before that, 12% the year before that. This is a guy who, in your OBP leagues, uh, you want to you want to kind of bust up in the same way that you bust up like Santana. Yep, I to- totally agree with that. I love Justin Bohr. I'm going to be having him in a lot of spots. So me too. Let me get my my Bohr O'Hearn uh, duo there, and, and one of them set. will pop for me. You can just yeah, exactly. punt first base. Don't and, even need in corner. You just punt them and. Ooh, but Imagine then, if you what, got what Jake you... Bowers too. Oh, Shut uh, up, I asshole! Was... <laughs> Cut you off. I knew you were going to say. I was actually going to say, what are you going to do with Matt Olson? But I'm oh. glad you threw Jake Bowers. <laughs> Honestly, an Olson O'Hearn Bohr first base corner DH is like, ah, oh, I love that. Yeah. I really love that. Particularly, obviously, like an AL only, that'd be even greater. But even in a mixed league, I would take that trio. Uh, I just, I. We, we talked about it last time, and uh, I think I mentioned it with the Welsh and Bogman that uh, our deep dive made me feel a lot better about first base. I would still say that the the, the uber top that you can bank on is a little, is thinner. But there's the guys depth, to pluck. There's more depth mm-hmm. than, than we gave it credit for because there's a lot of guys that, that are on the come up. Though that being the said, the rest of these guys are awful. Yeah, there's not much the rest of the way, so we will pick up the pace here. Albert Pujols, what do you really expect, though? Because they... He's not going to sit forever. Like, you know he has to play sometimes because he's still Albert freaking Pujols. And they'll run his carcass out there. We've seen it in baseball history forever. And and not only that, he still he still pops homers every once in a while. I, so they're, they're going to let him play. I think, and maybe this is like bold prediction-ish, uh, because the contract is, uh, I, don't even, I don't even want to look at the contract. When oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do it for you. Yeah, I'll take what, the plunge. Why don't you do that while I, while I look up something else? Um, it is 28, 29, and 30 the next three years. Plus he gets like 10. 10-year, 10, 10 mil personal services contract begins once he, once that contract expires. Now is it 10 million a year or is it 10, it's 10 million it, over 10 years? It like just says. a million dollars a year, I think. I believe so too, because that would be another 100 mil, and I don't think that that's correct. Okay, so I think that Albert Pujols gets DFA'd on June 24th, 
We'll call it June 25th. Uh, And I think they just say, listen, your time is over. Uh, We want to try to compete while Mike Trout is still here. And you are your your presence on the 25 man roster is a hindrance to that. Thank you for everything you've done. Uh, And the reason I pick that date of June 24th, June 25th is June 21st through June 23rd, they play in St. Louis. And I think they're going to let him get that series in. And they're going to go, listen, we need to have a talk. Can that personal service contract start a few years early? Um, Because they still got to pay him, right? You know, DFAing him Mm -hmm. wouldn't do anything to not pay No, they're still going to pay out the last few years of his contract. Yeah. But if Otani is going to be able to hit, and this is a team that believes they could be a wild card contender and they want to try to get Mike Trout back into the playoffs. Uh, they've got a, they've, this is a dead spot in their, in their lineup. So that being said, from a fantasy perspective, you couldn't pay me to put Albert Pujols on my team. If I was in a, a auction league and you said that Albert Pujols was worth negative $2, like you gave me $2 towards the rest of my team in order to take Pujols, I would not do that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I feel you on that. Uh, I did the math, by the way. It is just one mil for those each of those ten years. Wow, she's just, gonna have like a twenty-five dollars season this year. I just can't <laughs> see where that would come from, right? Like, you, 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 I want him to. I want him to oh, so bad. Albert Pool like, is one of the best players ever. I mean, arguably the best player of our generation. Mm-hmm. Like, he is in the conversation. Him and Megan, I would like this, exactly. Like, these are the saddest of times. If you've been well, a baseball, coming back, so you shut your stupid mouth. But I mean, but, uh, to see these cool. guys decline the way they have over the last few years, it, it's it's really it is always tough to watch. Yeah, because it's up the cliche father time. He was undefeated. amazing in St. Louis and really had some you know some pretty darn His first good years. few years in uh, in Saint, in uh, L. A. were good yeah, too. Save 2013, which was I think what the Liss Frank injury that kept yes. popping up. Yes. And then he popped back with a, a 123 the next year in WRC plus, and then a 40 homer 114 WRC plus at age 35 too. So give him a little credit uh, for that one. But the last two years have been dreadful to watch Pujols, and I just can't fathom where it would come from. But I'm with you too. I would root for it all day. I would I love it. I just can't it. believe they still owe him like 90 something million dollars. Aside from <laughs> they owe him 87 million dollars over the next three seasons. And it's just bananas so yeah i can't really see drafting him anywhere either it's a name but i don't want him on my team i can't do it so it's a no with pool holes i do think he'll sap some playing time for the uh for at least those first few months i can see what you're saying there i think whatever happens with anything like that it's going to be with his with his sign off you know they're going to talk to him about it and and try to do it the right way he's an inner circle hall of famer Mm mm-hmm like so, yeah, they're going first to valid kind of guy. He's, yeah, they're going to treat him properly and just try to say, "Hey, man, you know, we got to work something out here, though, because we can't. We don't want to just make you sit on the bench, but we also don't want you to play, right? And and if he's if he's carrying a, you know, sub ninety WRC plus at that point too, hopefully he understands as well and says, "Yeah, I guess." You know, we got to figure something out here. So we'll see how he wants to go out there and struggle either. I I think that's what I'm saying. He doesn't want to. He wants his money, so he's got to go out there and play. He'll keep going until until they until they say stop. But if they want to work something, yeah, I'm sure they'll come to some 
let's David write this situation and uh, and figure out a a solution that works for him and you know works for why can't they make him the manager? They should make Pujols the manager. He's awesome. Yeah. But anyway, uh, let's move on to a few other guys here. Matt Adams. Uh, he seems to have a, a a fantasy flourish every year that makes him get picked up across all leagues, uh, only to come back to earth. And like the skills are there. Like everything says. That it's legit for at least that run. I buy but into it, always, it every time. It's so hard not to because he'll, you know he's taking some walks. He's not striking out all that much. He's just hitting for massive power. Maybe he's hitting lefties a little bit during it. It's just like it is the trick every year. And because then you look at his full season numbers and his in his career, and you're like, well, why did we fall for that again? <laughs> so he's gonna be age thirty. Um, is he back with St. Louis? No, he's with Washington. He's back with Washington. I knew he was back with a team that he's He's, been with. He is the momentary backup for Zimmerman until uh, they can bring up... uh, uh, God, why do I keep blanking on... Victor Robles? Uh, No, no. Victor Robles is starting. Oh, yeah. Duh, 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 Um, duh. What are you thinking uh, of then? Keep him. Keep him. When they bring up keep him, move uh, Dozier over. So, uh, like, he is not going to play much of a role. He, he's going to be off the bench, and he'll get some starts against lefties uh, this year. And that's you mean it. righties. I mean, he's yes. a left. Sorry. And the tough part is, like, is he can he can kind of fake it out there in left field, but their left field is Juan Soto, who actually smacks lefties and is a lefty himself. So there's not, yeah. like, a natural platoon there. It's hard to really find any good defensive time. outfield now with Robles eating it, as long as Eaton's healthy and, and Robles. Yep. So, like, do you really want to introduce Matt Adams into that? No, so Soto can hang, you know, a younger guy. He's not going to completely embarrass himself defensively. I don't think you want Matt Adams out there. I can't really see much for Matt Adams. Like I said, he's going to have his flourish. You can fall for it if you get in early and get get most of it. But if but if it's been like a, two, three weeks. He's a DFS weeks, play. That's, that, you know, yeah, that's you, a good you, call. You, you, see, you see he's got a good matchup. He's in the lineup. Go ahead and throw him out there. Yep. Okay. Next up, Mitch Moreland. Again, uh, this DFS is another guy. Play. What? A good DFS play. Same thing for Mitch Moreland. Yeah, because uh, this is another guy that I think people fall for every year. And I remember last year people were falling for him. I'm like, stop. Well, look, he's in that stop Boston it. lineup, and you, he's I supposed to play every year. But, but Paul, but, but Paul they're going to cut Hanley Ramirez, and then he's going to have the position all to himself. I was like, no, he's not. He's he is what he is, and he's going to, to his age thirty three season. He can play some good defense so that helps him get a little extra playing time. Uh, he didn't even get his requisite twenty low twenties homers. He'd gone uh, twenty three, twenty two, twenty two the three years before last, but then he only hit fifteen last year. Uh, part of that was playing time. He didn't get up to his uh, five hundred plus plate appearances. But yeah, Mitch Mitch Moreland, AL corner. Um, but I don't even. This is not. Because I don't really see any upside, I don't even want to take a guy like this on my bench. Yeah. Because I just don't really – I'd just rather don't really have his platoon it. partner. Steve Pierce? Yeah, I would. Yeah, who we're, who we're not even talking about yeah, on here we, because he's a lefty masher, which – But at I least mean, he mashes lefties. Yeah, like, he, he, he does his thing. So, but I – yeah, I, I, I don't I don't want – I don't want anybody else in this. All right, in this I might tier. I might surprise you with this one. I, I I wouldn't mind this next guy in fifty round draft and holds only because of the playing time because they're going to continue to play Chris Davis in an on because, base percentage draft and hold. Well, not even up, not even OBP. I mean, he's owed twenty three oh, mil. Even stopped walking for the last next year. four Jesus. years. Oh, dude, last year was an utter 
disaster. Get that guy more Adderall. Dude, you're you're kind of joking, but maybe not, because I think he lost his therapeutic use exemption, and I wonder if that's it's gotta part be. of the issue. Yeah, I, but uh, it was it was awful. And again, I'm not really expecting anything. I think I took him in like the 48th round of a draft and hold, just because there was a name out there, and I was under the gun. You know, I was like, okay, I'll just he's going to play because he is going to freaking play. Is there any hope at age 33 for Chris Davis? Now, you look at the two previous years before last, 113 and 92 WRC+, plus, but then 46 last year. Everything went wrong. Is that who he is, or is that the outlier dog dog crap season and he can get back to a semblance of average? He also had an oblique injury. Oh, no, no, not that, not last year. His, his playing only 128 games was due to suckiness last year. He actually yeah. didn't have an injury. Uh... I listen. Is, is he going to be the guy who in 2015 hit 47 home runs and hit 260? No, he's not, not. going to be that guy. But, but can, can he, he do be... 2661, which he did in 2017? Yes, because he has hit at least 26 home runs in every season, every, every full season uh, since what, but 2012? Last... Yeah, except, except for last, last year. I, like, he's going to hit 26 home runs again. So. Like, and he still popped 16 despite hitting 168, 243, yeah. 296. Like, there's going to be he, – he will get back to who he was the previous season. Now, I, I is so. that worth anything? I, I don't know necessarily. The, I mean, he could hit 40 home runs. He could hit 40 home runs with a 200 average. Like, it's completely Chris in the Carter, realm. Yeah. yeah, Chris Davis could I, definitely – Look at his 2016. He hit 221 and 38 home runs. Yep. Like, you're telling me he can't do that again? I I don't I, I believe he can. Do I want him on any of my teams to find out? Absolutely not. No, and I think that that's completely fair. Um, like I said, I drafted him old. I think it took him. It was definitely past round 45, and that's the best I could do for Chris Davis because it, it was it was stealing some some late playing time. I, p- I picked him with pick 620. So yeah, that, oh, it's actually round 42. It was pre-round 45. Look at me, I'm out, I'm out here diving in at, at pick 620 for Chris Davis. But that's that's about it. Um, all right, Neil Walker, I included him. Now he's he's a 580 uh, ADP, but first, second, and third eligibility. By the way, I didn't say Chris Davis is. He's actually at 512 ADP. But I'm including Neil Walker here because of the position flexibility and because we are talking deep league. So we don't have to specify that these are deep league plays anymore. We know they're not even close to uh, 12-teamers at this point. But do you like Neil Walker in a deep league play because he's going out to Miami and he's going to play? Or do you, or do you not even care about that aspect? I really don't even care about that aspect. Uh, I think the park really hurts him playing Miami. Obviously, that team concept, or uh, team, the team construction Context, around him yeah. uh, is going to hurt him. And I don't even know that he is going to play full-time. I've, Russell Resource has him platooning. And I as a switch hitter, yeah, they have wow. they have him platooning with Martin Prado. Uh, so okay. I I don't want anything to do with anything in my yeah. I mean, like I I, I, I don't either. I'm don't I'm either. like partially hedging my bet there because there are guys that I go. 
well, you know, if, if everything goes right for this guy, he could be really interesting. Lewis Brinson still has all the talent in the world. Peter O'Brien is going to get full-time playing time, so why can't he be Chris Davis-esque? I think uh, Granderson can still hit for some power against righties, but yeah, Brian everyone Anderson knows Granderson is like my favorite player, too. So. Yeah, yeah. Austin Starling Dean Castro. could be interesting if he got... Starling Castro, if he got traded, would be interesting. Uh, so, I, like, I don't want to say, like... I. This isn't a situation like the Giants offense where I, I truly don't want anybody on the except Giants this year. You desperately want Belt. Except for Belt, yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm staying away from Neil Walker. Yeah, I think the thing of it is with Neil Walker that even if he got that playing time, like what, what's that going to yield? 16 home runs or something? He, he, well, and something. Here, here's the problem. In order for him to get that playing time, he more than likely needs to move around to other positions. But the two other positions that he really plays – are ones that have kind of locked down guys. He's not playing over Starling Castro, and he's not playing over Brian Anderson. So he has to lock down all his Good playing point. time at first base. And I just think – Well, Garrett Anderson Cooper... can hit the outfield, though. That's the one thing I will say. I'll interrupt you there just to say Anderson could pop left field to get Walker at third uh, if O'Brien yeah. – or, or should I say when O'Brien They've got Austin do well. Dean and – uh, and he should play. Yeah, no, you, you're not. You're not wrong. I just wanted to point out that Anderson can flip to the outfield if they really wanted to play Neil Walker. If he if he rediscovered some of his past success, but at like, some point, don't they have to give Garrett Cooper a shot? You would think he's he's got some intrigue. You know, we've been talking about Garrett Cooper uh, as a fringe guy for for years now. So I I feel you on all that. I feel you on all that with uh, because like I said, what what even is a best case scenario? 550 plate appearances with with 16 homers and a 270 batting average, like yeah. that would have some positive fantasy value. Like it'd be a f- few bucks, but doesn't. I, I mean, I, I think the ceiling's like 15 home runs and 250. It's and and that's probably like 60 RBI. Like who? Yeah. Like why why not just pass on him and and take someone with some upside. Well, let's go. Let's go to the young, crusty idiots because they're 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 a little bit crusted over, but they're at least they at least have some youth. And young in this instance really just means on the right side of thirty, because I think I have some I have some deep twenties guys here, um, like twenty eight, twenty nine year olds, and that's not necessarily young. But because we're so deep, you only had to be uh, on the right side of thirty. But let's start with Ronald Guzman. He was a former prospect of some of some note, if I recall correctly. Um, and I wrote up his his HQ uh, profile, so I'll read that real quick. Minor league profile said he didn't bring enough pop to stick at, as a first base as a first baseman. So this power upside or power spike was most welcome. His expected power still cast out its XPX. It's what it's a um, it's an HQ stat or it's a uh, yeah baseball HQ stat that they have. His XPX still cast some doubt, though it started to warm up in the second half. Platoon split poses yet another hurdle, but hope rules the day here with in-season jumps in batting average, contact percent, XPX, hard contact rate, and youth buy him some time. So the bottom line I came up with was there's a little intrigue here. Not oh oh wow okay you're shutting it all down. Um, I disagree. I think that there is there is a little bit here for the no I'm not I'm always correct. Uh, I've never been wrong yet. Thirty seven years in running baby. Um, no, I wish there wasn't so much swing and miss because he did he wasn't a major swing and miss guy in the minor strikeout rate wise. But then you look at his swinging strike rate and he actually was. He just kind of survived by not, you know, he, he would swing and miss a bunch, but it was in the middle of at bats for Ronald Guzman. So 
I think the concern that I have is we've never seen a 20 homer season uh, from a guy who was even, you know, he was a, a moderately notable prospect. But why? I'm trying to figure out exactly why. As I read in the profile, there were some in, there was some intrigue in the midst of the past season where he added some things. I think the one thing that drives Ronald Guzman interest to a degree is playing time, and that's it. Yeah, I know you hate it. And the, the, I mean that is that that is like the only reason why you would ever think about taking Ronald Guzman is he's gonna play. They like this is not a Tyler White situation in which we start looking at the, the the upper levels of the minors or onto the bench and we go, oh, well, this guy could take a spot. This guy could take a spot. Uh, there is no one in this organization that's really going to take his spot. So I'm, I've been a little surprised that the Rangers haven't gone out to sign someone, and this could be a potentially potent lineup. That being said, uh, I don't know that Guzman can hit anything but a fastball. Okay. I mean, I don't – that's, I can't really debate that because it's it's been it's been what we've seen from Guzman so far. Anything anything on the, you know over the plate he can cream. He's got like a eighty two percent zone contact uh, uh, rate. He uh, but you start throwing stuff off the side of the plate and he chases it. He can't make contact with it. He can't catch up with it. Uh, I but he hit three home runs in one game. Does that change your opinion? Who I can can we kind of uh, can we kind of like take that out to 162 games and be like I think so this is a 400 plus home run hitter this year <laughs> I think I think so so I just wanted to put that out there that he might yeah, be no. he might be pacing for 486 homers yeah again I don't think that even my my profile in in the forecaster painted some great rosy picture for Ronald Guzman I do think he's a name worth knowing particularly um in your AO only where you are you know scrounging for any sort of playing time avenue I will say though we say that there, no one can get a playing time from him what if they move Gallo back to first and well, our boy Willie answer. Calhoun out to left field? I, I know Calhoun. I don't know I, if they I, can do that. I don't okay, know. but then okay, fine. Gallo to first, Chu in the outfield. There you and go, Calhoun. Either way, like there's a way to still take some of his time if he's dreadful. If Guzman's dreadful. Now last year he kind of wasn't good, but I think anything below the the W the 88 WRC plus that we saw last year gets into dreadful territory. He's just hanging on by a thread. And if he didn't have a little spike at the end of the year, I think that he'd already be on the cusp. So I think Steamer he, nails the projection. Let's see what they've got. 399 uh, plate play appearances, 13 home runs, 252 average. Yep, that's 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 Ronald Guzman. 252, 321, 417. Yeah, as mentioned in the HQ profile, doesn't really have enough power for first base, and that's the problem. And that, that's, what it, that's what it starts and ends with. So let's move on to Ryan McMahon. We talked about playing time with so many guys. He's on the other end. He doesn't have any, and they don't want him to play for some reason. Um, you know, Like I said, in a vacuum, signing Daniel Murphy for Colorado is awesome because it's Daniel Murphy in Coors Field, and he's going to rake. He's going to hit like 390. But you look at their roster, and you're like, surely – you have several other guys that you could have just yes. put in that spot, including Ryan McMahon. And yet here we are, another year that we're going into where Ryan McMahon has no avenue for playing time. And just I'm not even him. sure that he's right. Just give him a, well, give him and a go. And they signed Mark Reynolds. Like Bingo. I was about to bring that up. I'm not even sure he's first in line because freaking Mark Reynolds would take Murphy's job if Murphy got hurt. It's 
uh, th- this this whole thing is maddening. It's why absurd. do they hate McMahon? I I don't understand why. It's not just McMahon. It's you know R- oh, yeah, Tapia. Tapia. It's, it's uh, you know what I can't wait for opening day. Daniel Murphy at second base, Mark Reynolds at first. Oh my God, I will lose my mind because I Buy spent Garrett a Hampson. 14th round pick on Garrett Hampson in Barbie. Bye, Garrett Hampson. And everybody laughed at me, and I went, oh, Really? This is an on base percentage league. Hampson wonks. He's going to play second base. He's going to be a Hampson. stud. Uh, and I know that's what's going to happen. What's going to happen is opening day, Mark Reynolds is playing first, <laughs> and Daniel Murphy is playing second. And I'm going to throw something through my TV, and I'm going to tweet at the Rockies asking them to replace it, and they're going to tell me no because I'm stupid and I shouldn't throw things at my TV. Uh, but you'd have a very good reason. I took him in the 13th round of the uh, that ITL mock. I also have Murphy, by the way, but uh, yeah, like, I took Hampson as well. Oh, I love Garrett Hampson. I, I love yeah. Garrett Hampson too. Well, let's get what, back to McMahon, though, because uh, we're not really talking about Hampson right now. He's not going to play. Like it, It's unfortunate, and I wish this – Again, this is one of those things. Path to playing time, don't always overrate it. But when an organization shows apathy towards a player or towards some sort of uh, ideal in terms of how they're going to employ their players, then that says something. And the Rockies are okay with blocking these prospects. They obviously don't think enough of them to give them a shot at everyday plate appearances. They'd rather spend money to block them than spend money addressing other needs. Yep. Like, it, it, like it don't it's very I bizarre. I love Daniel Murphy, and I think he is is going to be amazing this year in Colorado. But would that money have gone to better use if they had gone out and got Yasmany Grandal? Of course. And of course. Like, it, it's so weird. You could have played Ian Desmond at first. You could have played Ryan McMahon at first. And, like, you had options there. And instead, you're going to go into the season with Chris Iannetta as your everyday catcher, as opposed to putting a guy like Grandal, who could have been a middle-of-the-order bat in an already potentially potent lineup. Yeah. I mean, I'm a thousand percent with you. It's, it's, it's so bizarre. And so I just can't really get all that excited about Ryan McMahon and anything except for a 50-round uh, draft and all, which doesn't say much because, I mean— who are you I'm, excited I'm, about, though? I'm parking him. Well, um, the next guy. Yeah. That's called I like a Hunter segue. Dozier. Uh, you get on your segue. Don't fall off. Uh, Hunter Dozier. Uh, another another Royal that I have some interest in. All we do is talk about how crappy the Royals are, and then and then we just prop up a bunch of Royals. <laughs> but they do. Like, the ones that, 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 the ones that I like, I really like. You know, like, I I really like Whit Merrifield. Um, even though his price is ex- ex- it's super expensive. I really do like Albert Aldoberto Mondesi. Like I hope he beasts. I love O'Hearn. I this like is gonna Dozier. be a fun team to watch. Like it's not gonna be a I think so good too. team, but I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of it should watching be exciting. them. Exciting. And we talk about all their speed. Dozier actually fits into that. He has speed as well. Now he's not going to run like the like the speed demons do, but if he popped ten stolen bases of his own, five of them on his own and five on the back end of a double, um, I wouldn't even be that surprised. He's known for his pop, though, and and power he does have. It's raw. Um, it's kind of like a 70, 65, 70 raw, but only like 45, 50 game right now. So the 27-year-old Dozier, though, he it's it's kind of do or die, right? This is, this is going to be the year that he's going to get a real chance, or it certainly looks like it at third base. 
he needs to make hay and do do the damn thing. But I think he can. And I'm excited for Dozier, and I will take him um, in AL onlys for sure, in 50-round draft and hold. I might even take him in a reserve pick in something like labor, where we have seven reserve picks. I could see him making that cut. Now, Dozier's ADP is 482, super cheap. By the way, I didn't mention um, McMahon's, not that it really matters, but he's 393. And I don't think I mentioned Guzman's either. He's 379. But Hunter Dozier, I like what he's got going. So uh, talk to me about Hunter Dozier. Uh, I don't know that Dozier has necessarily, I think maybe the raw power is a bit overrated. Uh, I think he does have power that he hasn't necessarily unlocked in the bat. Uh, but what he does do is he actually squares up the ball really well. Um, and so in spite of the fact that uh, maybe the power isn't quite as developed as we would like, uh, I think he can get to a few more home runs because he's going to hit the ball uh, hard and he's going to hit the ball. Uh, he's going to barrel up the ball when he hits it. So he's got like a 10.6 barrel percentage, which is a four and a half percent over the league average. He's mm-hmm. going to play every day. Uh, and like you said, like he doesn't necessarily come off as this guy who is like fast, but he's got some sneaky speed. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, he, he is 86 percentile in sprint speed on, on uh, baseball savant. Uh, and so, could he be um, – I think he could be Jake Powers-esque. Yeah. So awesome is what you're saying. <laughs> I think he, he could uh, – He could be amazing. I think he could probably hit uh, 15 to 20 home runs and steal double-digit bases and, you know, hit 240. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the batting average Consider- will be a little bit of a challenge for Hunter Dozier because yeah. he does he does have swing and miss in his game, twenty eight percent strikeout rate. Unfortunately, not enough of a walk rate to really fast balance it out. To beat out some infield grounders Agreed. and Agreed. so, so he, he can yeah. he can push like a two forty five two fifty despite the strikeouts because he can steal some hits, kind of in that Jorge Alfaro sort of situation. And he's I mean, he's, he's going four eighty two, and your boy Bowers is going two forty one. I'll take that discount. Well, Bowers is way better, so shut no, your mouth. No, he, he's, he's really not, though. He absolutely he's is. He's not I can't... 200 picks better. Eh, he kind of is. Eh, we, we should figure out a bet for that one. You can get on base a heck of a lot more. I don't want to go against Dozier, though. I'm, I'm going to be rooting for him. All right, let's move on to Tyler Austin. I know. I just want he... you to bet on Bowers more. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm not. I'm not a Jake Bowers guy. Stop it. 17 homers for Tyler Austin in 69 very nice games. Uh, actually, they weren't that nice. He had a 103 WRC plus. Talk about swing and miss in a game. 35% strikeout rate. So he only hit 230, 287, 480. So it's it's really a power only. He was really selling out for that punch. Most of which came. Actually, pardon me. It was a, a dead even split. For some reason, I thought he had a bigger flourish. With the Twins, but no, he had eight with the Yankees in 34 games and nine with the Twins in 35 games. So it was really split, and he wasn't that different with either team. I'm looking at this profile now. I hadn't really dove in on Tyler Austin at all until this point. Why is there some excitement around him? And again, excitement in the same before, realm of, of our Dozier excitement and whatnot. So maybe he's before just before they made moves, he was supposed to play. That's what, okay, because maybe he's just somebody's Dozier then, yeah, because and I, I don't want to clown he, that because... He was he was supposed to be the everyday first baseman, and then they but traded then they for Crone, and they signed 
Uh, same with like Jake Cave. You, you'll you'll find yes. him uh, yes. because he was supposed to play every day, and then the Twins went, "Well, if nobody else is buying free agents, why don't we get some free we agents?" So uh, now that now that that's happened, they're totally useless. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of it because I'll acknowledge Austin's power, but what's it going to come with? Nothing that's going to help. And where's the playing time come from? He's weak side, uh, if anything, too, because he does crush lefties, but that's not going to get the playing time. They have Lucas Duda, too. Yeah, they just so even if Duda, yeah. Even if Crone falls off, I feel like Duda would get a shot. That Duda signing is a little odd. It's that doesn't seem very to make a odd. Lot of sense. Uh, but maybe they were just looking for anybody on that team who can walk. Well, okay, that you're right because they don't have a whole lot of guys. So yeah, they've Tyler got Austin. No, for they've me. got Nelson Cruz who can walk, and nobody else knows how to walk. They all jog. As as deficient as so many of these guys are down here, um, there is still a hierarchy, and I, I I put Tyler Austin toward the bottom. I'm just not that interested in him. Let's talk about his former teammate who we referenced earlier, Greg Bird, and his broke ass. Um, <laughs> Will we go into year 74 of Greg Bird hype? Well, I think this is finally the year where people have kind of completely jumped off yeah, on him. Yeah, now is the buying opportunity. Yeah, n- now is the year he's going to put it all together. So, uh, that would be so funny, by the way. <laughs> I, uh, I, This could be the year he hits 30 home runs and you know hits 270. And, uh, You're a Greg Bird guy. You're a bigger Greg Bird guy than I am Jake Bowers, huh? <laughs> I don't believe in Greg Bird at all. I never have. Okay. Uh, and But if if there is any poetic justice and irony in this world, this is the year that will happen because everybody, everybody is completely jumped off board, and I just want to see everybody jump right back on. It's gonna. He's going to have a big spring too. Greg Bird's going to. He's only 26. That, that was one of the times that he – built his stock up one time it was a september yeah and then the other time it was a big spring and so i I think three uh, home runs in the playoffs yeah uh, yeah that got everybody going crazy but they 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 also neglected to acknowledge the fact that during those playoffs he also had like a 31 and a half percent strikeout rate and he only had 244 it was like he hadn't done anything else like it was he had those three huge home runs uh and everybody was all Wow, look what he did. He only had 10 total hits in those playoffs. Three of them wow. were home runs, and everybody went crazy. Wow. Yeah, that uh, Greg Bird, he's going to get drafted. He's a Yankee. People he's, love him. He can't stay on the field, though. It just I'm not taking him. Yeah, I'm done. And, I, and I now, now they Greg won't let Bird him ball. on the field. Now, now, they yeah, have, now they have Luke Boyd and others to they, kind of block him off. They've set up, you know, like when you're in the airport and you're you're waiting to like get your tic, uh, you know, check in for your tickets, and they've got those little rope things. See them at movie theaters too. They've got that all around the dugout just for Greg Bird. They will not let him on the field. And we'll sign no birds, no birds allowed. They actually, they actually let an actual bird in mm-hmm. uh, as the one exception. It's like the no homers club. Um, they let one bird in, but they they can't have multiple birds. So it's no birds. Sorry, mm. Greg Bird, get out of here. here here's get a, out yeah, of here. another guy who just needs to be traded. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it seems like it because I think even if Luke Voigt fell off, they would want to go other routes than Greg Bird. But he is there, and if if Luke Voigt, ooh, ooh, pumpkins, I got an idea. Greg Bird for Brandon Belt swap. Well, before like you know Luke Voigt's ascent, wasn't there some talk of of getting yeah. Belt out there? 
Well, no, but nobody wants to pay the $16 million a year that Belt's owed for the that's, next three that's seasons. That's the tough part, but imagine what he would do in Yankee Stadium. Oh, my God, can we dream on that? I'm sure that article has been written 50 times. Um, all right, Peter O'Brien, speaking of guys that people refuse to quit, despite at least Greg Bird has done some things. Peter O'Brien has done nothing. He has 10 major league homers. In 153 plate appearances spread out over the last but he hit four, four of them years. in 22 games last he sh- year, Paul. He sure did. And he, he hit sure 273. Did. He put a healthy 135 WRC plus up for those 74 plate appearances going I'm into in. his age 28 season. I'm in. The, you know why people used to like him, right? Wasn't he a top prospect? Well, he was, but do, do you know why? He was a catcher, right? There you go. He used to catch. Oh, and by the that, way, this is why you don't invest in catchers in Dynasty. Exactly. I would never. I would never. Um, that that was what kept his intrigue was that Peter O'Brien was going to come up and be this big power catcher. I don't think he's even played catcher in the in the majors. Like that. That's how much of a catcher he wasn't. He never up. even got to play it in the majors. I I believe that's true. So check that out. Check that out. See if I am uh, factually correct on that. Yes. Shouts to the he has only oh, played no. first. See. And uh, court in different corners of the Boom. outfield. So, so he's the age twenty-eight. I have no interest. He's with the Marlins. It's total he's gonna play. You he's gonna him, play go every day. And like, here's the and thing: for, like, for a week until they realize, oh, he actually isn't good at baseball. He's not. None good. of he, the Marlins are good at baseball, Paul. But so, like, what does it Dean, matter? It, no, see, that's the thing. With him, they have options to go away from Peter O'Brien. With some of these other guys that we were talking about, like Ronald Guzman, it's not as clear. Now, we did mention that they could do a shuffle where Guzman loses time, but I think they're more inclined to give him some time. And I don't think that Dean, or excuse me, um, I don't think that O'Brien is going to get a whole lot of time if he struggles. So if he doesn't hit the ground running, he's toast. I. I think he's going to have a role on the team. <laughs> I don't necessarily want him outside of NL only for like a buck or even a reserve round guy, yeah. but I, I think he's going to play. Like, and he, while he wasn't, uh, he definitely wasn't as good as he showed in the small sample last season. Uh, he can walk, which makes him an interesting guy in a NL only OBP format. Uh, for a buck, it's a guy that, like, he 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 is the no. he's a poor man's Chris Davis, and the poorest of poor men. No on Peter O'Brien. No for me. It's a giant no for me. How um, dare you. And I and I've and I've rallied around some of these young crusty idiots. So that that tells you how bad it is for Peter O'Brien. And by the way, he was the the elder. All of, right. of my, my laughing got us to two hours on the second half of the first base podcast. So I can I can I can, you know, give up on Peter O'Brien. Pick your favorite here. Rowdy Telez, Christian Walker, Nathaniel Lowe. And it is Lowe, it's Brandon Lau. I did look it up. Um I'm pick gonna... your favorite to discuss there. So wait, it's it is Lowe? It, it it is Lowe for Nathaniel Lowe. It's it's Lau for Brandon Lau, even though it's L O W E for for both. Okay, I'm gonna take low, uh, okay, because I think he has got some real upside, and I'm hoping the fact that the uh, Rays jettisoned uh, 30 home run hitting CJ Cron uh, is an indication of that they believe that uh, low will be up at some point uh, halfway through the season. Uh, so I don't think he'll be up necessarily. When guys like Vlad, unless he really forces 
forces their hand. Uh, he could come up when you know Vlad and Eloy come up, but I think he is a real shot to be up in June, uh, and he's got legit power that's I think playing already. Uh, he's got a hit tool. Uh, he can play defense at first, so I think that uh, that he could be a, a really interesting guy in this Rays offense and. Um, I, I want some guys who have a little bit of upside. I don't think Walker really has any, and I think Telez was a flash in the pan at the minor leagues, and people have kind of come around to him not really being much of a thing until Kendrick Sprouse is gone. But his name's Rowdy. What a name. I, While I appreciate them naming him after uh, the dog in Scrubs, uh, I... Uh, I, I don't think he's going to play much of a role until they get uh, Kendrys Morales out of town. Yeah, and I think Morales still has something in his bat to where he won't allow himself to be thrust out of town until then. Um, they could Lohit... trade him Morales potentially, but true, true, because uh, it is the last year, last year of his deal. They only owe him eleven million. So low pop twenty seven homers, hit three thirty four sixteen five sixty eight, um, had a. 16% strikeout rate, which is really good for someone with that kind of power. 12% walk rate. It was a three-level season, double, uh, high A, double A, triple A. So he's going to go to triple A to start the season, I would imagine. Um, continue to kind of figure things out there. And if he if he crushes there, he's a call away. That's a good that's a good pick there with, with Nathaniel Lowe. The only problem is, of course, finding that playing time. But things happen, right? And so we're not we, – we've repeated it here. And we're going to continue to repeat it, though, because – I. I think people forget it. Those of you who listen all the time, I know you, you're hearing it a million times. Don't don't block someone off because of playing time. Cody Bellinger, Cody Bellinger. Not obviously Bellinger is an exception because of his quality, but we've seen lesser players than Bellinger find their playing time because things happen. Guys get hurt. Guys underperform. So don't throw that guy. Don't throw somebody like Nathaniel Lowe out who's going to be this close uh, to getting ready to perform. As far as Telez goes. Um, yeah, you know, he had a little sample, 73 plate appearances with a 154, uh, WRC plus 314, 329, 614. He basically he had 13 of his 22 hits for extra bases, nine doubles, four homers. Um, and I agree with you. The playing time is very difficult to find until something happens with Morales. Morales is old, a little bit crusty himself or a lot bit crusty, but when he isn't, Crusted, he can still rake. Even at 36, I think uh, Morales can still hit. So I think it's less. It would take an injury. I, I doubt underperformance is going to get Morales or as trade. much. I mean, yeah, a trade. The, the, trade. the Jays aren't going to compete this year. Uh, he, like I said, he's in the last year of his deal. Maybe they decide uh, they can take a you know a bag of balls for him at the trade deadline, uh, considering they've got nothing to gain by just keeping him on the roster. Why was Kendris Morales two for five on the bases last year? Because he's a boss. <laughs> <laughs> he literally, literally was 0 for 2 for 901 games before that. And then last year, he was like, you know what? I'm feeling froggy, dog. Let's go. Because <laughs> the Blue Jays are awful, and he's like, at least just let me have some fun. He's, he's out like, here goofing, yeah. Yeah, I mean. He has big home run Oh, streak. my God. Like, like, he has the bluest of blue in the sprint speed department. <laughs> it's like basically navy blue, I bet, right? It, it's yeah, it's seven he's in seventh percentile in sprint speed. It uh, is disgusting that we've gone two hours on this group. But since we're already here, do you want to see the A holes he stole bases on? Do you want me to give you those yes. names? All right, let's make fun of those is guys. Is it John Lester? Right. Like did they get a like 
uh, it actually wasn't. Um, it, it wasn't. All right. So, the first one was on Sean Manaya and Jonathan Lucroy. So a lefty was that the game? Manaya's like eye. arm fell off. Like it was like did 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 he hurt his shoulder in on that pitch? Like trying was he, to yeah yeah <laughs> um, no because it was uh it was in May so he was he was good he was tired through. from the no hitter yeah he was tired from the no hitter there actually I think it was around the no hitter no, no hitter was I believe that. like in April I believe it was yeah it was early and so it was this was in mid May this was. May 19th and the no hitter was a month previous. So mm. he was still, it was fatigue, a month old fatigue. The second stolen base was on John Curtis and Mitch Garver. I'm pretty sure you made up the John Curtis <laughs> with two S's. That's how you know it's real. <laughs> C U R T I S S. Is it really two S's? Yes. Like I've never heard of him. I actually weirdly do know who he is, like some nondescript middle reliever. But um, yeah, I like don't. That, I don't know if why. If you I had know used him uh, in uh, what is it? Uh, oh, I know why I know the name. Relievers, prospects, yeah. and uh, senators. Oh, I would have gotten totally that one wrong. Sounds like a senator. Uh, totally. Yeah, I would have been like, uh, especially if you'd used the two S's, I would have been like, oh, that is for sure a he. He he is uh, the House of Representatives member from Idaho. <laughs> I think the reason the name is burned into my brain is he's a Longhorn. So I've, I've, mm. I've, I can say that I probably have seen him pitch. I don't recall it; it wasn't memorable. But he, he uh, was, given that he went to the University of Texas, he I was traded to the Angels this year. Oh well, sweet! Now the Angels are going to win. They're uh, not, that's why the, that's why they're going to do so well. Uh, but yeah, just to close the loop on on the last three, there, Christian Walker. If Jake Lamb's shoulder is still jacked. And they need somebody at first base that that could open an opportunity for Walker. Walker should get the left-handed platoon stuff, which could make him an interesting DFS play on on given days if you're really trying to punt and and stock up everywhere else. But that's about the best I can do to hype up a 28 year old Christian Walker. So if you're mad that we left anybody off of here, punch yourself in the throat before tweeting us because uh, they suck. They're garbage. There's nobody. (laughs) No. Shut up. I don't want to hear about Tommy Joseph. I don't want to hear about Pablo Sandoval or Logan Morrison. We did actually mention Mark Reynolds. We did actually mention A.J. Reed. Save me your Dan Vogelbach horse shit. I don't care that Matt Davidson's going to be pitching. Uh, Victor Caratini's a catcher. So if you, re- if you really want to take Victor Caratini, you should take him a catcher anyway. I guess the one that we didn't talk about who would actually surprise some folks if they know how much I love him was Derek Dietrich. But that's because we'll talk about him in the outfield. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's going to wrap us up on first base. We probably won't go this deep on every position because we can't do five hours on every position. Well, outfield will be really, really fun if we if we we could actually spend we do a the week, same thing. Yeah, yeah. We, we could spend a week's worth of pods, and I'm not saying like because we do two episodes a week together. I mean, we could actually go five, five days. days and do four hours each day on the outfield. Raise your hand. My wife you will want. file for divorce. <laughs> if you want that deep dive on Matt Joyce, Joey Rickard, Jake Marisnik, Hunter Pence, you're, you're, let us know. Yeah, you're not going deep enough, my friend. Uh, uh, that's mean, true. Yeah, why, why didn't I get in on the uh, the Kyle Lewis? He's going to be healthy. Castillo has still gotten eaten. Rizzi Castillo, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Matt Holiday. Matt Holiday yeah, still in Eric Young no. Jr. just signed a contract with the Orioles. I, I saw that with the Orioles. I think I think with the outfield, like once we get to 
the 100 level, which is Lewis Brinson, we will have to group guys and just pick like literally one to talk about. We'll have to skip the others. I'm sorry, folks. We'll have to. Sorry, your Jake Cave analysis just won't go deep enough if one of us don't doesn't pick him. Sorry yeah, about please, it. Please, please tell me more about Philip Irvin. Oh, I, I have to with one L. Go buy another L. <laughs> Wait, he might have two. Does he? Oh, yeah, he does. Sorry, sorry, Philip Irvin. You have two. I don't know who I'm thinking of with one. Anyway, we're this rambling has been at this a fun point. Game, yeah. Um, we will be back later this week. We are just Jason and I will be recording tonight, and then we'll put that up uh, on it. You know, raw tomorrow. Um, hopefully, we do well in labor. I'm really excited. Obviously, Good the luck. draft. Thank you, thank you. I'm really excited to see how it turns out, and if somebody like Lindor is available to us. But that should be a lot of fun. And then you and I will be back on Thursday, correct? Uh, we may actually need to move back to Fridays, but that's fine. We'll, that's we'll, fine. We'll, you we'll just fi- let me we'll, know. We'll be back at some point, and we'll start our. I guess we'll start our outfield preview because we've done the whole infield now, Dude, right? Have we? Have we done all of them? Did we? Damn, we're moving. We may. We're moving. Have we talked have second we done... base yet? That's exactly the one that I was thinking. I was like, "Have we done second base yet?" You know, what? let me click the second base tag on our page. We should definitely do this on the show instead of just yeah, uh, no, I'm signing this off. All in. So, no, we have it. Okay, okay so second we'll, base. We'll, we'll do second base. We'll and, do second and base first, we'll, we'll, and we'll, we'll do it all. We'll do it all on Thursday. Ye- Friday, yeah, but yeah, or Friday, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll do the whole thing there because this was a little egregious. I know I know a lot of you are team long pod, and we appreciate that. I saw the messages on Twitter. I do definitely appreciate it. And, but but some of you only listened to the first 15 minutes and never actually got into the positional preview. Exactly. So, But they're not listening we'll, now, which is fine. Idiots. Dumb, <laughs> dumb idiots. <laughs> we'll do all of second base on Friday. I'll be with Nick probably on Wednesday or Thursday. Or no, uh, that'd be Thursday would leave us for then because of the labor one. So... Stay tuned for that. You guys have a good one. Justin, you take care, and I'll talk to you later.